Okay, all flight controllers, go no go for landing. Retro. Go. Fido. Go. Guidance. Go. Control. Go. Telcom. Go. GNC. Go. Econ. Surgeon. Go. Capcom, we're go for landing. Eagle Houston, you're go for landing. Over. Roger, understand. Go for landing. 3,000 feet. You're listening to the David Feldman Radio Program, you sad, pathetic hump. Let us now go down to Georgia, where the devil is. And by devil, I mean Professor and Dr. Ben Burgess. Professor Ben Burgess teaches philosophy at Georgia State University, Perimeter College. He is author of Give Them an Argument, Logic for the Left, you can see him every Tuesday night doing the debunk on the Michael Brooks show. He is also a columnist for Jacobin. And one of the reasons I asked you to do the show is you have an amazing piece that you wrote with Michael Brooks over at Jacobin defending Joe Rogan's endorsement of Bernie Sanders. The name of the piece, and I'm going to link to it over at my website. The name of the piece is, it's good that Joe Rogan endorsed Bernie. Now we have to organize. You know, it reads, and I'm being serious, it reads like a New York Times editorial, structurally. It has everything that a New York Times editorial has, except a cogent, the New York Times editorial lacks the has everything a New York Times editorial has except the lack of a cogent argument, I guess, is what I was trying to say. It, it was structurally sound. Did you did you how did you beat it out? Do you beat the 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 structure out first or do you just write it and then organize it? Um, well, in this particular case, uh, I mean, I'd written the, the first like uh few hundred words and and i i um i asked michael if he wanted to like jackman uh people jackman uh well yeah one of the editors there sean um asked if i wanted to write something about this because i've been tweeting about it a lot and um and so i uh reached out to michael since i I thought it'd be a good you know a good topic for him to uh to co-write it so I'd, I'd written a little bit on my own and then we kind of um got on skype and sort of talked about like the points we wanted to make over the course of the rest of the article and um and kind of talked out the structure a little bit and then then just kind of went at it i mean it was written pretty quickly i should mention that you will be at the bell house doing a live taping of the michael brooks show february 7th everybody should buy tickets and go see a live taping of the Michael Brooks show at the Bell House. Professor Ben Burgess will be there, as well as Professor Harvey J.K. And the two of you will fight it out for my affections. <laughs> I'm going to show up, and I'm going to try to see who loves me more, you or Harvey well, J.K. Well, I don't know if I'd win a fight with Harvey. I mean, I, I, I'm much younger than him, but he's pretty. he seems pretty spry to me. <laughs> So let's talk about Joe Rogan, because you, you made some amazing points in this piece over at Jacobin. 
he is huge. I mean, you go on Joe Rogan, and he's the dirty, dark secret of how impotent, how impotent mainstream media is. You get more by going on Joe Rogan than you do any other talk show. You sell more books, albums. You get people showing up at the theater to see you perform by going on Joe Rogan. Mainstream media, where they pump billions of dollars into these shows, they they mean nothing compared to Joe Rogan, who's just turning on a, a camera and talking. How yeah. big is he? Uh, kind of unfathomably big, uh, which is, I mean, like, especially since, I mean, I'm just about old enough that I remember watching him on uh, news radio, mm-hmm. you know, back uh, back when, you know, uh, he, he was like a minor character on that uh, that show, which I used to watch. And uh, but he's his he might be the biggest podcaster in the world. If he's not, he's certainly one of the top few. Um, like, so, uh, the YouTube page, you know, has like 7.9 million subscribers, but there are many times that many people who, uh, download the podcast. Right. Um, like literally like it's like numbers that are hard to wrap your mind around or like make sense of, you know, you know kind of Jimmy Dore did it a week ago and I looked and I saw 2 million views within a week, 2 million views. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like almost certainly more people, uh, were watching the random episode where he said, yeah, I think I'm probably going to vote for Bernie Sanders. Then people watched that like big, clumsy rollout that the New York Times did where um as uh as Brendan Sutton put it, they uh they screwed up the concept of an endorsement on a conceptual level uh by uh, by endorsing two people. But uh but like but but literally like almost certainly more people watch that. Um yeah. that's it's 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 hard to you know again it's 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 hard to wrap your mind around just just how big a deal this this podcast is and especially i think what makes it significant for this is that uh we live in such a a segmented you know media landscape uh this is one of the reasons why in the past i've defended um for example, Bernie Sanders' decision to do a town hall on Fox News, right. uh, because uh, you know whatever bad you, things you can say about Fox, and I agree with all of them. Um, the people who watch Fox aren't going to watch him on a different network, right? Right. Uh, so you know, so we we live in a really ideologically segmented media landscape, but um, but Rogan, uh, because he's a very you know likable kind of persona. Um, and also because he's not super political, uh, he's, he's watched and listened to by people of a lot of different political shades and, um, lots of people who just aren't very political, right? Like, so, cause uh, you write that this is a smart move for Bernie to go on Joe Rogan's show because he's fishing. Bernie is fishing as should the democratic party be fishing for people who could possibly vote for a Democrat, but probably don't vote at all. Yeah. Or are on the fence. See no difference between the two parties. Yeah, exactly. 
Uh, and in fact, I think if you look at so you know Rogan's probably you know I mean he he's done so many hundreds of episodes that lots of them are about politics, but um, but you know he's he spends uh, he's probably spends more time talking about you know mixed martial arts or you know pop culture things uh, that that he does certainly about electoral politics. Uh, he he has the uh, fact, and he doesn't over- pretend to be any more informed than he actually is. He absolutely does not pretend to be any more informed than he actually is, and I suspect that the mixture of views that you get with Rogan is very representative of a certain kind of voter or potential voter, because a lot of them don't vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that Bernie needs and that the Democratic Party needs, as you say. Um, so, which is to say that if if you look at the times that he does talk about politics, uh, he doesn't, you know, because it's not a, it's, you know, he's not like us, right? Like, um, you know, we spend all of our time, uh, you know, like, or, or you pretending know, to all- be smarter than we really are, <laughs> or in your case, you don't have to pr- yeah, yeah, pretend. Well, yeah, okay. Well, one, well, yes, we probably do pretend to be, you know, we all probably do pretend to be smarter than we really are. Not uh, you. Me. The, but- no, you know, everybody. But the, uh, but two, um, like, we all obsess about this stuff all the time. And so, um, and, and one of the and there are lots of unhealthy things about obsessing about this stuff all the time. But what but one of the positive byproducts is that you form like a consistent view about it all. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rogan, which, like which, people, which traps you, yeah, you know, when you have a consistent view, as I think mm-hmm. I may have, it traps me and I have blinders on. Yeah, well, that's that, that's probably true too. But it's but uh, but like I think the thing about Rogan, like a lot of the people who listen to him, is that he doesn't right because he doesn't he doesn't really have you know a well worked out coherent like uh, political worldview because he doesn't because uh, because he doesn't because it's not on his mind all the time right so mm-hmm. he's uh, like. Like even a lot of the the comments people find like uh, offensive or objectionable about him, a lot of them are about these sort of issues that aren't exactly, um, you know, like politics in the sense of elections and stuff. But they're about like you know uh, what the rules should be about you know somebody who's trans fighting in the women's you know division of you know UFC or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so when he does think talk about politics, he's got kind of a mishmash of views, like a lot of these people do. So like he has, uh, you know, there are certain politicians that he individually likes and dislikes. Uh, he probably has some knee jerk conservative views on some topics, uh, like a lot of people do. Uh, but on the other hand, he really likes the idea of Medicare for all. Um, and, and, and he really hates what, um, what, what Trump has, has, has done to, um, immigrants and refugees because it seems very cruel to him, right? So, uh, and I, I think that like somebody like that, right? You know, that, that somebody who has like some conservative views, some progressive views, uh, they, they, they maybe like the, you know, like Bernie Sanders maybe strikes a chord because he seems, he seems more authentic to them than other mm-hmm. politicians. Um, and, uh, and they certainly like the idea of these like sweeping social democratic programs like Medicare for all. 
I mean, that's exactly the kind of person that we need to right. that we right. need to engage. Right. Like, if, if you want to win, right? I mean, like, like one of the things we quote in the article, but that Michael and I wrote was Congressman uh, Mark Pocan, who's um, one of the few uh, openly gay uh, congressmen. So he was asked what he thought about this, you know, because. Uh, you know, Rogan has told some homophobic jokes over the years and so on. And his comment about it was very sharp and to the point, which is he said, in my experience, uh, you do better ele- in elections when more people support you. Yeah. Yeah. The older I get and the more politically savvy I get, I find that most people don't know what they want. And if you don't know what you want, you create potholes and speed bumps and drama I want Medicare for all. I want an end to these senseless wars. I want unions. I want to lift people out of poverty. That's what I want. So if you tell me Bernie Sanders went on Dave Rubin's show or went on Sean Hannity's show or got an endorsement for David Duke from David Duke, I'll take I'll take anything. To get Medicare for all, the troops home, and an end to income inequality. I don't care who's voting for Bernie or who's supporting Bernie. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I mean, I think David Duke wouldn't support Bernie because, because, uh, because Bernie doesn't want to do any of the things that, uh, uh, you know, that Duke Duke wants to do. But it's also. I also think a relevant difference between David Duke and Joe Rogan is that uh, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that only a very small percentage of the American public have views like David Duke does. But honestly, like there are people who are like leftists on Twitter who to hear them talk, you would think Joe Rogan was like a fascist, right? You'd think he was David Duke. And only because... They support Elizabeth Warren or Mayor well, yeah. Pete or there, Joe there, there Biden. Is, just there, there is a lot of that. there is a lot of that. There there is a lot of like you know there is a lot of hypocrisy and, and just sort of unprincipled controversy mongering by supporters of other campaigns. Well, you but teach all- logic. You wrote a book called Logic for the Left, and in the Twitter universe, you you saw the moral and intellectual bankruptcy of the old guard. In the Democratic Party, where they were trying to tar Bernie with guilt by association. Talk to me about the failure of the logic that supposedly bright people in the Democratic Party exhibited. Yeah. So uh, so, so two things. One, just just to, to hammer hammer home the last point. um, I think this is really important because I think that some of what we're talking about is, as you say, people in the old guard of the Democratic Party, supporters of other candidates, people, as we say in the article, who have very short memories mm-hmm. about how other presidential campaigns have worked. Um, they uh, like my favorite was there was a uh, former Democratic congressional candidate from Nevada who tweeted that Obama won twice without the support of any transphobes or homophobes. Yes. Uh, which is amazing because if you remember the actual history there, uh, Obama spent most of his first term pretending to have religious objections to gay marriage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, until and the you, polls. 
and and you point out at his inauguration, how did he kick off his his presidency? Yeah, his, his first his, the prayer his first inaugural was said by uh, Rick Warren, uh, which was which was controversial even at the time because of Warren's homophobia, um, and and the relevant difference between the cases is that part of how Obama was able to maintain that alliance with people like Rick Warren was that he was was sharing or at least pretending to share some of their views for a time whereas and look I'm not I I'm not like a clean hands person I don't think that like I don't believe that you can win political struggles without ever compromising anything ever right that's the, that I I don't I I you know that's that's not the real world but uh, so I think there's plenty of room for reasonable people to disagree about where to draw the line uh, and say, OK, what could we compromise in order to achieve more important goals? Those are discussions we have to have. Mm-hmm. But what strikes me about this is that that's not even relevant here because Bernie didn't give anything up. Right. He didn't change a single position to get the support. Right. Uh, uh, so it's it's not like the Warren, you know, Warren case. So, the, so, yes, there is tremendous amount of hypocrisy. Rick Warren. Not Elizabeth Warren, but yeah, yes, don't uh, Rick Warren. Uh, you know, uh, so there is a tremendous the other amount false prophet of hypocrisy and very short memories. But there also there's also a certain kind of leftist who, and I say this with love, really needs to get their head out of their ass because they uh, they they spend all their time uh, interacting online with other leftists and they've sort of forgotten what everybody else is like. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't really the leftists who were complaining about Joe Rogan. No, 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 not for the most part. No, I agree. I think most of it was most of it was was Democratic establishment people and supporters of other campaigns trying to stir the pot. But you know, but the point is just this: that if you if you think if you think Joe Rogan is a fascist, then you know, like three quarters of three quarters of your fellow citizens are too. Cause like most, you know, cause I'm not even sure that he's worse politically than like most people are. Mm-hmm. Right. He's got some flaws and some blind spots, but you know, so do most people. Yeah. Yeah. We have Corey Brett Schneider on the show all the time, professor Corey Brett Schneider and his view towards freedom of speech is, when you hear bad speech, the only solution is more speech. You, if you believe in freedom of speech, the only disinfectant is more speech. And I think Joe Rogan is an example of that, because in your piece for Jacobin, you talk about how he gives oxygen to Jordan Peterson and the intellectual dark web and Barry Weiss. Is that her name? The woman who yeah. wrote the piece about yep. the intellectual dark web and yep. she's an idiot. That's the one. Yeah, and she's yes. an idiot. And oh, she, yes, very much so. And he gave her oxygen. He gave her speech and exposed her for the entitled intellectual fraud that she is. So, yeah, he, you know, I'm not thrilled about. Dave Rubin or certainly Gavin McGinnis from the Proud Boys going on Joe Rogan's show. But but the more they speak, the more they're revealed to be dangerous and foolish. And the more they spoke, the more Joe came around to Bernie. 
Yeah. So that's so. So I, I'd say. I mean, I, I I half agree, right? Like, I mean, I will say this. I think that oftentimes I have no objection whatsoever to interviewing these people if you're going to give them a tough interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think that I think that oftentimes Joe has has kind of um, you know given some very uncritical interviews and not really challenged absurd statements and so on. So I do, I do have plenty of criticism. Just there. like George Stephanopoulos and oh. Chuck Todd, you know, Joe Biden can go on these Sunday talk shows and lie into the barrel of the camera and say, I've never talked about freezing social security benefits and they move on. Oh my God. That one's so amazing because it, it like, it really is almost like 1984, you know, the, the um, you know, putting things down the memory hole. Like 10 years ago, uh, the discussion would have been, yeah, of course I said that, right? You know, like that, that shows how responsible and realistic and, and savvy I am. Um, and, and it would have been like considered unserious that, you know, that, that Bernie wasn't saying that, you know, that we might have to cut social security, uh, but now um, the effect of the first Sanders campaign and now the second one and, you know, growth of DSA and so on has been to shift the discourse. So now it's toxic to support cutting Social Security, which it should be. Uh, and so everybody is just pretending uh, that this is like that you can't find a million clips Oh, Joe Biden saying we should cut Social Security. It's incredible. But but one one thing I was going to say, I do have lots of criticisms of of um, of him as, as an interviewer, as I do with these mainstream figures you're talking about. But I will say there have actually been a few honorable exceptions to this. There have been a few moments when Rogan actually Barry Weiss actually did really push back against these people. Uh, my favorite, um, the Tulsi you know Gabbard this? moment. Uh, do you know this clip? The the one where uh, where Rogan was interviewing um, uh, Dave Rubin, and Rubin was talking about his his uh, newfound libertarian beliefs, and um, and Rubin said that the government doesn't do anything right, and and Rogan was like, I, I don't know, dude. What about the post office? <laughs> <laughs> and, and Rubin says. Oh no, we we'd be just fine without it because we have Amazon and drones and you know, mm. and Rogue is like I, I don't know, I I think it would suck like this. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and the whole thing, you know, it's like uh, Dave Rubin claims to care above all else about ideas, right? And so seeing you know, uh, seeing Joe Rogan, right, the 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 dude from Fear Factor. Like, make him look that foolish was, you know, really refreshing. Yeah, I, I, I love watching Joe. I, I do, because he is a he's a fighter. And he'll what he does is sometimes he'll smoke a bong or take, you know, or drink. And he, you know, he lets your guard down. You think he's not fighting and then he goes in for the kill when you at least i saw him destroy louder with crowder i saw him destroy barry weiss uh and um yeah yeah just by yeah so there is this idea that bernie is unelectable the polls say otherwise when he's fishing the rogan voters 
Is he going after the same people who voted for Trump? In other words, there is... I've heard it said that 20% of Bernie supporters voted for Trump. I think that's high. I think that... I think that's I think that's high. To dub, I mean, who knows? It's hard to it's it's a little bit hard to track down, uh, you know, precise information about this just because uh, people, you know, exit pollsters don't generally ask you who you voted for in the primaries. So yeah. there are really only, only only a few polls to look at. The ones I've seen are lower than that. But, uh, about but regardless, 16, about 16 percent, 14 percent. Yeah, that, that's that sounds that sounds more right to me. But look. Uh, regardless of what what might be true about that, um, I, I think. Uh, and by the way, something to emphasize there for people who yeah, say, "Excuse oh, me, I hate to interrupt you, but if fourteen percent of Bernie supporters yeah, voted yep. for Trump, yep. that proves that Bernie is more electable than Hillary and Elizabeth Warren and Biden. That means we could peel back fourteen percent." Or well, not fourteen percent of Trump's base, but there, there's a large segment of the population, or at least Democrats, who would vote for Bernie again. Yeah, and actually, there's some other there's some other relevant evidence of this. I just saw um, on uh, God, let's see. Uh, so this was a week ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an article by Matt Carp in Jacobin. Uh, called Elizabeth Warren's electoral track record is incredibly worrying where what he does is he breaks down the uh, 2018 numbers uh, from uh, Elizabeth Warren's Senate reelection in Massachusetts and uh, and Bernie Sanders Senate reelection in Vermont. And uh, what he finds uh, that's that's really interesting um, is that um, is that well? Okay, first of all, that Elizabeth Warren, uh, you know, even in even in one of the deepest blue states in the country, you know, performed pretty badly, right? You know, she 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 really underperformed Hillary, and in particular, she did very badly in districts that um, that had previously voted for you know that had gone for Obama in 2012 and had gone for Trump in 2016, uh, whereas. Bernie Sanders in Vermont did extremely well in those Obama-Trump swing districts, um, which one would think that if we were really interested in this issue about electability, these would be numbers that everybody would be talking about. Um, but I, I, I find it uh, – I mean I, I don't – I mean I'm not surprised by it, but I think on a certain level it's kind of amazing that this that this is something I saw discussed in Jacobin, but I've never seen this in the New York Times, right? That mm-hmm. uh, um, you know because because uh, centrist Democrats constantly say that uh, that their their big worry about Bernie Sanders is that uh, is that he won't be um, he won't be electable. And they keep saying it, no matter how many polls show mm-hmm. that he uh, he would actually be the most effective candidate against Trump. Uh, but I would think that if if you're going to uh, if you're going to make this argument that we sh- that people should be breaking down these kinds of numbers, and I don't I don't see that I don't I, I don't I don't understand you know I do understand but you know if I uh, you know if if I weren't like a a cynical left winger I would not understand why. Um, 
why I'm, I'm not seeing these numbers being broken down on MSNBC or, you know, CNN. Yeah. Uh, um, you, you know, know what because- Bernie's up against? Uh, this is what I've discovered. When you talk to the neoliberals, the, these these technocrats, these entitled, hyper-educated Democrats who want Warren, who want Buttigieg, who, who are, you know, they love Hillary, you know, you know, the type. Yep. They are not only intellectually superior, they're morally superior. They have a sense of entitlement. They're paternalistic. And this blind rage that they, fo- that is pointed at Bernie stems from this, I believe. If I call you stupid, if I call an Elizabeth Warren supporter stupid, they go, well, he's a misogynist and he's just an angry guy. He's frustrated. I'm not going to take him seriously. That's not what Bernie supporters or Bernie does. He makes them feel stupid. He makes them feel morally inferior. inferior. He exposes the faults in their logic and their thinking and their lack of knowledge. And to make somebody like Elizabeth Warren feel like a fraud, feel stupid, you panic and play the sex card. Because that it's one thing to call somebody stupid or, or, or call them morally inferior. But when they when they feel it and they begin to know it in their heart, they're like a cornered animal and they lash out irrationally. And that's the problem Bernie faces in the Democratic Party. This blind hatred. I'm saying things on Twitter from from women and uh, and uh, LGBTQ Democrats Black African-American Democrats who are accusing Bernie of a long history of LGBTQ oppression, of being against the right to abortion. And when you say to them, please send me a hyperlink to prove that, I'm blocked on Twitter. (laughs) And, I mean, not to belabor the obvious, but just in case... Uh, there are listeners who who don't know this stuff. Um, Bernie Sanders is on record, like you can you can read op eds that he wrote before Roe v. Wade, mm-hmm. um, advo- you know, uh, advocating the legalization of abortion. Uh, you can read things that that he he wrote in like the early seventies on gay rights. He, mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, he was he was you know extremely. Uh, gay friendly and even trans friendly when that was just not on anybody's radar as as mayor of Burlington in the 80s. And the particularly amazing thing about this is that, uh, well, again, not to belabor the obvious too much, but we just talked a minute ago about how Barack Obama didn't start evolving on gay marriage until it had majority support. Yeah. And as I said to Michael Brooks, when he was on the show Tuesday, Obama didn't give us gay marriage. When Biden gave that interview and, you know, tested the waters when he supposedly went off the reservation and said, we're about to support gay marriage. We have gay marriage because of the Supreme Court. There was nothing 
Barack Obama did other than spray the LGBTQ lights on the White House after the Supreme Court ruled in favor of same-sex marriage. Obama didn't do anything for same-sex marriage. No, absolutely not. Um, and, yeah, absolutely. And, um, well, you know, well, can I, I get... He, he said he was on the other side of it until until it was almost all decided. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, and on some, and even on something like abortion, okay, Obama is young enough that by the time he came up, um, it, you had to be, you had to be pro-choice, you know, to be a Democrat. Like that was, uh, that was like long settled, but Biden, uh, you can find lots of statements from Biden from the seventies, uh, where he he makes anti-abortion comments or says he was conflicted about it mm-hmm. or you know like he um, uh, you know he he took uh, you know he took a long time to um, to to fully uh, to fully come around on that and and whatever it's fine I mean like I'm not I'm not even saying that um, that you should um, that you should even necessarily hold it against uh, Biden, although I would say <laughs> that it, it's uh, it fits with a record that's not exactly a profile in courage. But uh, uh, but it just it's you know. But if you're going to say, oh, you know, Bernie Sanders is um, you know has a history of being bad on this issue or that issue or whatever, then yes, not only would I like some receipts, but I'd like to compare the receipts because. Elections are by definition comparative choices, and so we say, "All right, well, what's his history on this, and you know, what's Joe Biden's history on this?" Okay, you're a professor. You teach writing. I was taught in high school that you have to have footnotes. You can't make blanket statements without footnotes or at least hyperlinks. But apparently, we don't need to back up our 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 statements. David Brooks has a piece in the New York Times called The Bernie Sanders Fallacy. He says there's that we're living in a golden age of theism. This is the belief that there is some malevolent elite they out there, and they are destroying life for the rest of us. So David Brooks in this piece, The Bernie Sanders Fallacy, is dismissing the idea that there's an elite they out there who are conspiring to destroy the life of the rest of us. And he says that's not true. Is there there a they out there who is conspiring to destroy the life of us, Professor? (laughs) Well, um, the... You know, conspiring uh, has has all sorts of uh, has all sorts of implications that uh, that might not apply here. But if you know, but a different way that this point is often put is, oh, see, um, you know, Donald Trump blames all our problems on you know Muslims and immigrants mm-hmm. and whoever, and Bernie Sanders blames all of our problems on. Uh, on, on on CEOs and you know uh, the ultra rich, uh, and what I would say about that this is basically this the analogy that Brooks is suggesting. And uh, when I teach uh, critical thinking classes, uh, we talk about arguments by analogy. Um, and and what I would tell my students is that if you're going to look at an analogy and you know an argument by analogy, right? In this case, like. 
you know, Trump is bad. Sanders says things that are similar to what Trump says. So Sanders is bad, too. Uh, what you want to look at is not just every random thing that they have in common or don't have in common, but you want to look at whether the things they have in common are relevant to the point that you're making and whether they're relevant disanalogies. In other words, whether they're things they don't have in common that undermine the point that's being made. Uh, and I would say that one obvious disanalogy between blaming, you know, immigrants or whoever for our problems and blaming, um, you know, for example, the CEOs of Fortune 500 companies is that <coughs> the immigrants, refugees, Muslim Americans, etc., don't have any particular power over the direction of society. Uh, that, you know, you're, uh, this is the problem with saying, you know, when you, people say, oh, an immigrant took my job, I always think, oh, wow, like, how did he seize control of the company, right? You know, like, does he have power over hiring and firing? Mm -hmm. uh, whereas the CEOs literally do have those, that power. So, and, uh, and tremendous political power too. So it seems like if you're going to say, um, well, they're both blaming someone, okay, but in one case, the people being blamed are powerless, and in the other case, the people who are being blamed actually do exercise tremendous power and have made a lot of decisions that really do make our lives worse, right. then I'd say this is not a good analogy. The uh, the second statement is not like the first one. Well, let me, let me read you what David Brooks wrote over the New York Times, and you tell me what kind of logic – He's employing. He, he talks about Bernie Sanders, class war theism, how he has painted this cartoon of billionaires rigging the economy to benefit themselves and impoverish everyone else. Are you there? Yep. Okay. And uh, he says, this is political suicide. He says, class war progressivism always loses to culture war conservatism because swing voters in the Midwest care more about their values, their guns, patriotism, ending abortion, masculinity, whatever, than they do about proletarian class consciousness. He states this axiomatically, David Brooks, yes. that Democrats care more about culture war conservatism Guns, patriotism, ending abortion, masculinity than they do about proletarian class consciousness. So what what's wrong with that statement? Okay. Well, I would go back to elections are about comparative choices. Uh, and I would say uh, let's let's say this is true that not just of like hardcore conservatives who won't vote for any Democrat because presumably, by definition, no Democrat is going to win those people, but of the kind of swing voters who might vote for, for Democrats. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, if this is an argument against nominated Sanders, then who is it an argument for nominated? Is it is you know Biden, Buttigieg, you know, uh, because if you're going to close our, because uh, if you're going to say they care about the guns and, you know, uh, abortion, abortion, masculinity. Masculinity. Uh, <laughs> Pete Buttigieg, he's uh, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. They yeah. uh, so so. Well, if it's 
yeah, I mean, I, uh, that's, that's, that's interesting. Uh, so, um, yeah. And, you know, and so if, if, uh, if they care more about these conservative culture war issues than they do about their material interests, then what is it that, what is it that Buttigieg or, um, uh, or Klobuchar or Biden is going to tell them that they should care about more than either one? Right. Warren. I mean, I, Warren is not running on guns, patriotism, ending abortion or masculinity. But David Brooks is saying to the Democrats, that's how you win, not through class war progressivism. Because none of the none of the Democrats are are going to. I mean, all of the Democrats are pro-choice. Right. So if somebody cares more about abortion than they do about the size of their paycheck or whether their kids have health care then I'm really confused about the idea that they'll vote for somebody who disagrees with them about abortion every bit as much as Bernie Sanders does, but also isn't offering them more money in their paycheck. Right. They're going to vote for a Republican. They're going to vote for a Republican. If you care more about abortion than you do about whether you have health insurance, you know, health insurance, then you're going to vote for the Republican. If you, uh, uh, if you're if you're willing to vote for a Democrat, that means by de- you know if you have these conservative views, but you're still willing to vote for a Democrat, that means by definition there must be something that you're willing to uh, there must be some trade off you're willing to make. Right. Okay, you know they want they want abortion to be legal, but I'll vote for them anyway because of X. Right. Well, I know what the X is for Bernie Sanders which is the issues that voters consistently tell pollsters they care most about, right? Uh-huh. Uh, jobs, health care, you know, et cetera. Um, I don't know what the X is for, for Pete Buttigieg or Joe Biden or Amy Klobuchar. I mean, like if, they, uh, if they're not going to give up on, uh, on guns and abortion in exchange for health care and more money um, and, you know, and, and a better future for their kids, then they're certainly not going to give up on abortion and guns for the sake of what uh, right. Trump being embarrassing, like right. or uh, or a you know oh you know well they're not going to the not rule gonna, of law yeah the rule of law right you know that it's that they're they're all very concerned about military aid to the Ukraine is that right. the idea yeah like there's no uh, you know what okay I'm not willing to give up on my guns and abortion for. Um, uh, for for the sake of uh, of giving everybody uh, health care free at the point of service uh, and um, uh, and creating millions of new union jobs, but I will give it up in favor of like whatever incremental, hard to remember, you know, um, you know, scheme about you know tax incentives or whatever, you know, Biden or Buttigieg is talking mm-hmm. about. Can I give you a compliment and thank you because this really is teaching me and my listeners critical thinking. Because my instinct is to challenge the premise that swing voters in the Midwest care more about guns, patriotism, ending abortion, masculinity. That would be my instinct to challenge that premise. But you're accepting the premise. Okay. So now who are you recommending that the Democrats pick there. You're it's a straw man there. There no, there isn't a Democrat who exists to deliver what David Brooks is suggesting. That's, that's really critical thinking. I never would have thought that way, well, but on, on a thank, more, thank, thank uh, you. on a, yeah, shallow, I was, on a so, much, so I was gonna, 
Go oh, ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Finish your thought. But if you were to approach it from a more shallow level, do we have any evidence that that swing voters in the Midwest uh, don't care about proletarian class consciousness? No, no, of course not. That's 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 ridiculous. There's there's, there's no. You know, there's no polling evidence for that. He's not describing swing voters. He's describing the hardcore Republican base. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you well, know, people. Pe- I, I think. I think appeals to uh, appeals to us versus them, populism, opposition to trade deals, etc., are actually pretty successful with these people. That's a big part of why Trump won. Okay. Uh, well, so I have to. Um, uh, so um, I. I I should I should get going. Actually, I have to uh, uh, have to go teach a uh, uh, a critical thinking class. He writes: Sanders starts with the truth. Workers need more bargaining power as they negotiate wages with their employers. But then he blows this up into an all-explaining ideology. Capitalism is a system of exploitation in which capitalist power completely dominates work worker power. This ideology crashes against the facts over the past few years wages for workers towards the bottom of the income stream have been rising faster than wages for those towards the top in other words if you get if you're making ten dollars an hour and you get a raise to twelve dollars an hour that's a twenty percent increase in your wages whereas the head of exxon gets $30 million a year, and the next year he says, you know what, I'm good, or you know what, I'll take $31 million, which is not a 20% increase. This is how they... Okay. Yeah, so, right, so uh, so two things about that. One, I'm reminded, you know, your analysis reminds me of, of an old joke about... Um, it might still exist, I don't know if so, it probably has about 20 members, but there's a... Uh, uh, there's, you know, but there's an old joke about this uh, tiny little third party called the Socialist Labor Party about the year that their uh, their vote doubled because uh, they got a second voter. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Uh, and second, uh, the as many people have pointed out, um, but apparently nobody at the New York Times because I guess nobody edits the opinion page. Yeah. Uh, uh, what he's saying is true, but he is ignoring uh, the major statistical driver of this, which is that a bunch of states have raised their minimum wage recently. Because people were the working poor. Yeah, I mean, be- I mean, well, really, I mean, you know, because of the long-term effects of the 2016 Bernie Sanders campaign, I mean, yeah. like that, that he that he he raised that issue so much, and that you know, this sparked a lot of you know, um, a lot of initiatives, you know, at the uh, at the state level. But uh, but yeah, wages uh, raise wages for the people who made the least aren't a matter of just like the bargaining power of individual workers. Uh, people who make the least have the least bargaining power, obviously, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's because it's because of state intervention to raise the minimum wage. Yes. Well, Professor Ben Burgess is the author of "Give Them an Argument: Logic for the Left." Read the piece he has over at Jacobin. He's a columnist for Jacobin. 
He wrote a piece with Michael Brooks. It's entitled, It's Good That Joe Rogan Endorsed Bernie. Now We Have to Organize. And Michael Brooks and Ben Burgess will be at the Bell House February 7th. Buy tickets. Professor Harvey J.K. will be there. And Mr. Sutton. It's going to be a great show. I'm going to be in the audience. Thank you so much, Professor. How do people follow you on Twitter? Uh, it's Ben Burgess, B-E-N-B-U-R-G-I-S on Twitter. And your students at Perimeter College are so lucky. Stay on the line for one second. All right. You're listening to The David Feldman Show, you happy, self-actualized hump. Let us now go to Kenny Bunk, Maine, where Emmy Award winning and Peabody Award winning comedy writer Jim Earl is standing by. Hello, Jim Earl. So much to talk about. Oh, David Feldman. That's a Senator Susan Collins. Oh, Jim's girlfriend. Senator Jimmy Susan. can't speak to you right now, David. Oh. He's busy sanitizing my collection of hand carved Burlwood dildos. <laughs> Hand carved Burlwood dildos. Mm. Do I stutter? <laughs> There's been a lot of innuendo concerning my last appearance on your little show and whether or not I was under the influence of a certain Captain Morgan. You were uh, a little spirited, shall we say. Oh, stop it, David. I'm not talking about rum. I'm talking about the lobster man I pay to shellac my canoe. <laughs> Wait, shellac your canoe? What? Oh, get your mind out of the gutter, Dave. I'm not talking about my canoe. <laughs> I'm talking about my well-traveled, waterlogged, <laughs> barnacle-laden vagina. <laughs> I apologize. David, did you know back in 1834... My vagina once sailed from Kittery Point, Maine, around the Cape Horn, and all the way up the coast of California to pick up a shipment of cow hides? No. That's right. Richard Henry Dana later wrote about the account of that voyage called Two Years Before the Paps. The Paps. And being a man of great literature, I'm sure you're well aware that Herman Melville took inspiration from this journey to write his epic novel about the abuse of semen <laughs> called Billy Pud. Speaking of abuses, David, have you been watching the impeachment trial? Yes, I have, Senator. Yes, I have. Well, I raised a big stink 
after I heard Democrats using inappropriate language <laughs> on the floor. Yes, you well, did. as you recall, Jerry Nadler said I was not fit to sleep with pigs. And, <laughs> and that's when I, I that's when all my congressional colleagues and my caucus stood up in my defense and yelled, oh, yes, she is. <laughs> can you imagine? To say that Mitch you're... McConnell said we can only have milk or water at the impeachment trial. Yeah. So yeah. you know what I do? What? I get around that by downing a quart of Smirnoff in the parking lot, <laughs> wearing a catheter, and siphoning my own urine during pee breaks. <laughs> Excuse me, David. Mama's gonna pour herself another glass of wobbly pop. <laughs> A glass of wobbly what? Wobbly pop. A wobbly pop. Oh, yes. Like soda. Oh, yes. I love my loopy juice. Mm. Anyway, <clears throat> you'll be happy to know I'm thinking about giving up alcohol. Certainly not a bad idea. That's because the last time I went out on a lobster boat and got drunk with Captain Morgan... I came home with a big red snapper. <laughs> you know, you bring up Captain Morgan and, and a big red snapper. My mind kind of goes. Oh, get your mind out of the gutter, David. I'm talking about a species of fish. Oh. Not my big red snapper. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'm sorry, David. If I sound moody, it's because I'm having my period. <laughs> period. Oh, your period. Oh, your I see. Not your period. Your period. It sounds like Emmy Award winning Peabody Award winning comedy writer Jim Earl is punching up your speeches. The the period He's joke. punching up something. <laughs> you probably heard the news uh, about the Skowhegan ice disc that's appeared again here in Maine. <laughs> the what? The Skowhegan ice disc. The media has ignored yet another big story. Well, it's a giant 300-foot wide ice disc that forms every winter in the Kennebec River. Scientists say this one is special because it contains a wormhole to a parallel universe where Mainers don't waste two months out of every year putting this boring shit on the news. <laughs> At first, I thought it was a miracle because the face of Barbara Bush appeared on it. Oh. Then I realized it was all part of the Scowhegan poop ritual. <laughs> 
That's where every winter, David, Skowhegener's pay tribute to the legacy of Barbara Bush <laughs> by pooping her image on a giant 300-foot-wide ice disc. You're talking about former First Lady Barbara Bush, the mother of President George W. Bush. She is revered in Maine. Isn't she terrific? Terrific woman. This is no simple task because the preparation alone calls for the consumption of over three tons of lobster rolls. (laughs) That's a lot of mayonnaise. Let me tell you, David. <laughs> David, did you know why there are so many barn fires in Maine? No. It's the only way men in Maine can get an erection. <laughs> really? From, from, from bar- barn fires. At least that's my personal experience. I mean, have you seen the women in Maine? They look like barns. <laughs> Bats flying out of them. Hay goes in one end. Manure comes out the other. And they, they even smell like moldy hay and goat whiz. You know the drill. Yes. Mainers are known for their hospitality. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Speaking of which, did you know (laughs) that Bill Clinton used to offer donors overnight stays in the Lincoln bedroom? When he was president, yes. Just like Lincoln used to offer overnight stays in Mary Todd's vagina? John Wilkes had his own booth in that thing. (laughs) No pun intended. I'm sorry, David. Uh, I have a knock-knock joke. Knock-knock! Who's there? Alcoholics! Alcoholics who? It's anonymous, you fucking idiot! my business, Senator, but you are a juror in this impeachment trial. I'm Senator Susan Collins, and I like to put birdseed in my bunghole. <laughs> Jimmy, yeah, yeah. Jimmy, go grab me another bottle of hobo steak. Come all out. Okay. All oh, right. God right. damn it. I think you've had enough, don't you think? You're pathetic. <laughs> yes. Get away from me. Yes, mommy. <laughs> hello, hello, Dave. Damn you. Oh, my God. Damn you. Oh, the hell. Oh, okay. Hello? hello. Hi, you got your hands full. I mean, she... Oh, but it's, it's rewarding. Okay. 
right. I'm Senator Susan Collins. Yes, yes, you are. I like to put birdseed in my bunghole. Yes, we know that. That's okay. Thank you. Is she going to be okay, Jim? Oh, she's yeah. She's she's always this way uh, most of the day. (laughs) But this is not good, Jim. You're. You should see her when she's not drinking. (laughs) Twice as bad as this. You know me. I'm apolitical. I don't take sides. I think you need to tend to the senator. again, David. <laughs> no, Senator. No. No, not at all. You better not be. That's disgusting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Have you called in your backup econs now? See if we can get some more brain power in this We thing? got one here. Roger. Fly it in, go. Go and go. Uh, he's, never mind, he's straightening up a little bit. Okay. Okay, now let's everybody keep cool. We got the limb still attached. The limb spacecraft's good, so if we need uh, to get back home, we got a limb to do a good portion of it with. Okay, let's make sure that we don't do anything that's going to blow our CSM electrical power with the batteries or that will cause us to lose the main or the uh, fuel cell number two. Okay, we want to keep the O2 and that kind of stuff working. We'd like to have RCS, but we got the command module system, so we're in good shape if we need to get home. Let's solve the problem, but let's not make it any worse by guessing. You're listening to the David Feldman Radio Program, you sad, pathetic hump. You didn't think I could hear you before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there a dog, a Hanna-Barbera dog, who used to go, yeah, yeah, yeah? Oh. Uh, it was a Saturday uh, morning cartoon. Yeah, there might have been. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. Uh, there was, 
Yeah, I don't know if it was the dog from that, like, Penelope Peak. What was that, like, what was that racing? Yes. The cheapest yes. hand on earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the race, like, yeah, wacky yeah, yeah. racers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, the, yeah. and the dog was one of the things. Yeah. Penelope Pitch Stop was one of the yeah. people characters. You don't see her stuff. Oh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, but really, it's from the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. David Bacon, David Bacon joins us, Citizen David Bacon, who has been covering the presidential primaries in New Hampshire. And yes. we tell them where you are. Where well, are I'm you? I'm in Washington, D.C. Huh? I'm in Washington, D.C. I'm in Washington, D.C. We sent, nation's capital. We sent, they, they don't have representatives. We, stop breathing into the microphone. This is very exciting, yeah. folks. Because yes. because people donate money to the David Feldman show, we are able to send David Bacon out of New Hampshire so I can go up there and see his wife. And <laughs> you are now. In, How is she treating you? Very nicely. Okay, I'll, I'll give you some tips once we're off the air. Okay, well, I'm not done giving her my tip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want another Scooby snack? Yes. Okay, so we sent, uh, have sent, the great Citizen Bacon to Washington, D.C. to cover the impeachment trial. He drove down there last night. We're putting you up in a 10-star hotel. Don't mention the name. Yeah, don't, don't, don't mention the name. I don't even know the name offhand. Okay. so Because I'm, I'm not a name person. Okay, so we, we found yeah. a hotel for you, and we decided yeah, to... Yeah, it's, it's actually it's nicer than I was expecting for uh, what you paid. It's pretty good. But I'm miles away. I mean, I, I could, but I can ride my bike or uh, drive in. But you, if you go to any big city, you have to take a bike because you can... You can move around so much better. But anyway, that's how you can rent them off the street, but I don't even like to do that. Now, doing this show, ladies and gentlemen, it, it is what I love more than anything else. It is time-consuming, but there are certain things you assume are not going to take up your time in producing this show. We get David Bacon, a room in Washington, D.C. We send him down there. And I get a call as if I don't have enough on my plate. He cannot, oh. he cannot check into the hotel because yeah. what didn't you bring with you to Washington, D.C.? Well, I didn't bring a lot of things. Apparently, I should have brought my wife. Um, but besides that, um, you know, I thought I would just check into the hotel. Hey, uh, your hotel, you go, you go, go to DC. We'll set it up. Boom, boom, boom. I thought then you just show up and show them your ID or whatever, and then you get a room. But apparently, you need to have like credit card crap with you, which makes no sense. If the show is providing the room, why would I provide a credit card? Because I don't carry them with me. You don't carry a credit card with you, for instance. No, I like cash. I like cash. Cash is king. Go to Germany, and you'll find out why. People like cash. Go to Amsterdam, everyone's credit. Boom! Six hours in Berlin, and it's just cash. And they're like, what are you talking about? You don't need everything. You don't need everything. You know, I mean, you don't need a record of everything you do everywhere. And, oh, it's so bad. Cash is good. Go with cash. I, 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 every penny 
I spend is through a credit card. Well, okay. I mean, it's fine. I mean, I guess it's easy, but I don't know. What's all with cash? Why? What do you mean? What do you mean, what do you mean? Why do you need a third party involved in your transaction with someone else? Why, why invite a third party in? Because as soon as you invite a third party, the third party doctrine says that information can go to anyone, anywhere, anytime. No, thank you. I'll have my transaction with the person I'm cons- doing the consumption or the whatever, whatever it is, and then move on. No one else has to know. I'm not doing whatever anything that I'm ashamed of. It doesn't matter. You don't have to do something that you're ashamed of when you do it. Things change. Times change. Stuff you could have said 10 years ago you can't say now. Things you could do at one time you might not be able to do in the future. Things are retroactive. Who cares what if you're doing something or if you're not doing something today that you think is fine? Tomorrow it might not be fine. Who did you and check so, who, who did cares? you check into the hotel with, David Bacon? Who did you bring into that hotel room? Wait, what is that supposed to mean? Well, I'm saying that what are you trying to hide? If you're, if you're fraternizing with my wife in New Hampshire, clearly I'm grabbing your girlfriend in New York. Okay. All right. Back okay. Off. Oh, off. Back off. Oh, 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 oh. What's good for the one is not good for the other? Come on. You know the joke. I have to, but you? You know that joke, right? Say that again? You know the joke. I have to, but you? I don't, maybe. I don't know. A Jewish guy walks into his wife's, walks into his bedroom. He sees his best friend, Murray, banging his wife. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah Murray, yeah, I have yeah, to, yeah, but yeah. you? I have to, but you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Can you stop <laughs> breathing into the phone? Is it possible? No, I know, I know. I know. Okay, so yeah, as if I didn't have enough to worry about, I had to sit on the phone and fill out a credit card authorization and give them my credit well, card. Yeah, it seems like when you were booking the room, you would have taken care of all that business. If you've done this so many, if you know all about this stuff, that's in your court. I, you, I, you, you, you dribbled the ball, not me. I, I assumed that David Bacon wasn't a, a, a sovereign national nationalist who oh, didn't believe in, again, in a fiat currency. Yeah, your buddy is again. This is like the second time where Mayor uh, does the right thing, and you go opposite of him. He doesn't carry credit cards. I'll follow his lead. You've said it how many times on your show? If Nader says it, you do it. Like, Nader's the man. But you don't follow that one bit, and you know that's how he is. But you know, all you do is use cards. Okay, I'm not going to say anything about Ralph Nader. You're right. But it took up a lot of time. So what we're going to do now yeah, is we're going to tell people. Did you just say you're sorry? Yeah, you just said it took up a lot of time. I'm sorry. I, I went off on stuff like that. Then. I, I didn't oh, mean were you showing that. me respect? Dave, I have nothing but respect for you. I, why would I spend so much time for this? Yes, Eve Harrington. If I didn't respect you. You're Eve Harrington. From, what? You're Eve from All About Eve. I don't think I've seen that one. I've heard of it. You've but, lived so. it. You don't need to see it. You're living it on, on the David Feldman show. And you, you're demure and you're an innocent and you're doe-eyed and just, oh, I'm so thrilled to be part of the David Feldman show. And every time I lay back, the knife goes deeper into me. So you're in no, Washington, no. D.C. We're going to play some clips. But first, how was the drive? I understand you saw Joe Biden. I saw Biden in New Hampshire in, uh, 
Salem on the way down. Like I saw him and then was like, gosh, I'm so close to the border. I'll just start going. And ended up uh, crashing in my, no, not sleeping in my car in Jersey. I'd rather have um, you crash anyway. in your car. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I knew as soon as I said that. Could you do that for me as a favor? I got, well, I got, the cops pulled me, the, oh, no, not even the cops, the Senate, oh, the, there's like, oh, God, special Senate police or something we'll pulled me over today? We'll get to that in a second. We'll get to yeah, that in a second. Okay. okay. So, yeah, so Biden. You saw Joe Biden, um, and he's not taking questions. Oh, did you hear this? I, That's like the news thing from all the news people now. Well, I don't know if you know this, but I actually read. Did you know that? Yeah. Did you hear I that I read? That, I forget that, like, when I hear the people talk about the thing, I forget that that's actually going to be in the paper and other people will read that. Yes. You know what I mean? Because they were all, we were, we, uh, You're in the beltway. You're in the loop. No, this you was know, you know what the conventional wisdom is, Bacon. Uh, and you assume that the rest of us, you know, we have to we have to turn well, to you to find out what's happening. No, no. The other thing is, I also never know, like, because all those people are. Uh, I don't know if it, if it, how much of it leaves their Twitter thing and how much gets into the. I never know where their news goes. You know, I, I read I read the Politico thing, so I see trend stuff. But the like film people, the, all the ABC uh, and NBC people. People, I don't, I don't watch the TV thing, so I don't know what gets out there. So I don't know where you hear the thing. But yes, um, Biden has taken. He took no questions at this last time, and he's never done a gaggle. He did obviously during the filing take uh, questions, uh, but you, you you have to. There, you don't have an option. Mm. So that's not even really that doesn't count. Um, and uh, I don't know what this Biden. So did you see him he, speak? Did you hear him speak? Yes, I saw him speak. I have video. I mean, I've, yeah, I, I, he's had a lot of loss. I, I think he's, I don't know, is he, does, I know his wife passed away, but that's terrible. Is, does he have, a, like, a woman now, do you know? Yes. Doctor, okay. Dr. Joe Biden. Yes, he's got a woman. Yes. Dr. Joe. Because he seems so freaking lonely. He touches so many people. And all I can give him is the the thing that he needs, like affection or something. So if he does have a woman, uh, I don't know. But, but he, he's lacking in, I don't know. It's so you just, watched him. So he, he smells your hair. He grabs you by the shoulders. He holds your hand well, until it gets a little creepy, right? Well, you remember that, 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 that lady on the show, that high school uh, lady, talked about that episodes ago. Yeah. Um, but I really saw it all firsthand. Now, now there was like an older woman who talked about her, you know, terrible cancer thing. Fine. Put your hands on her shoulder. Give her comfort. Understand. But, the but not Medicare for all. Yeah, I know. And don't touch the children's faces, maybe. I don't know. There's too much. It's, it's a different time, though. It, like, because, the, you know. Is, that, is we, he really doing that? So stuff. Is he really doing that? It's not. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll show you video. It's you know, He's touching yeah. kids' faces? Hello? Yeah, I mean, again, yes. I, I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't. Yes, I. It, yes. It's and and it was like a little girl reporter, and it's all innocent and stuff. That's why I think he just needs affection or something. Like he's talking about. 
I don't know. That's all I can. I don't think there's. I mean, I I don't think there's anything you know uh, salacious about it per se. But you know, I think he just needs. Did you I don't just know. call me per se? My name is David. My name Bonsoir. is David. You just said you don't think there's anything salacious per se, and my name yeah. is David. I haven't been called per se since uh, high school. Uh, Normandy. Huh? <laughs> no, Normandy. Yes. Um, Here's yeah, the problem. I don't, I don't know. Here's the problem with Biden touching everybody and stop breathing. Could you just stop breathing? I hate you so much. Do you know how you much don't I hate? Hate me so much. I hate you. Don't. You. That, why? Why do you why do you say that? Why do you have to degrade? Be what do you get because out of that? because people are writing because, in because 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 good because of the wonderful. <laughs> I was going to make a Cosby joke, but I'm not. Oh, gonna do, do it! No, the problem with Biden touching is he's leaning into the mistake. He was told to stop touching people. I know. I know. So I know. he's saying. I'm going to keep touching people because it's harmless, it's innocent. And what that belies is a rigidity, an unwillingness to acknowledge that things have changed in our culture yeah, and that yeah, something you did 30 years ago, while right, harmless, right. is now offensive. And if you right, can't change right. your behavior, it says that right. you're not capable of changing many things. Right, which I'm having a hard time with, like, uh, the pronoun stuff and the cisgendered thing. Like, uh, you know, my kids are really teaching me that stuff. Like, I'll say, you know, I'll say something, and they'll be like, you can't say, you know. Good. You know, something. Huh? I, it's good. I agree with you. It's something that, you know, th right. there, there have been some projects that I've worked on, and one of my kids said, that's not your story to tell. And I, yeah. and I go, really? What are you talking about? I'm telling, well, it's not yours. You, you didn't experience that. And it's cultural right. appropriation. And at first right. I'm resistant, but then I think, right. you know what? My yeah. generation left these kids a, a pot of shit. So if you want to correct me, go right ahead. And yeah. if you, if you're not going to hang out with me because I do things that, Make your skin crawl. Maybe I should change my behavior a little or try right. not to do things right. that annoy my children. Right. I was at, like uh, five to ten years ago. I was in Berlin and I was in this little freaking underground thing. And I was there was all these people and I was hanging. It was all cool and stuff. And I was like trying to figure out like, OK, who's I'm trying to couple people up. OK, who's with who? But after a few drinks, I'm like, hey. What's the deal? And it was so, they were so like, yeah, what are you talking about? Like, it's not that way. You know, like, they were so beyond that, like, just like, he's with her and she's with him and her, he's with the, you know what I mean? It was like mm -hmm. such an open more thing. And I was like, oh, you guys are just beyond me. Like, I'm not even, right. okay. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, Biden has to, has to adjust. And that's what those, those, those high school kids mentioned. It's like, yeah, you, once you know, once you've been told, you have to change. How Even was the crowd? You, How was the crowd time. for him? Did he have a big crowd? Oh, you know, they, I only saw him one of the two times he was there. And it was in like a, some kind of school thing. And they, they poorly planned it because, or they did something. I again, I haven't seen the visuals of it, but the, the the main space where he talked was much too small. So they had to like put all the people in the side area, 
I mean, he was in Salem. This was like a, I don't know, it's kind of an affluent changing area. Um, uh, like, they would know they would have more people. It was poorly planned. No, it wasn't. Oh, I can really come. No, 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 because it's, it's, again, I didn't see it, though. Maybe not. Well, you know, I'm being serious. Dr. Joseph Goebbels invented this. I'm being serious. What he no, did, okay. he invented the idea of having Hitler campaign outside of Berlin, outside of the big cities, and they would put Hitler into small rooms so right. that it was packed and there was an overflow crowd. And it created right. the illusion that Hitler was more popular than he actually was. But if they show the crowds of, like, say, like a Pete event or... A Bernie event, like the Bernie event, I think they showed the crowds of the Bernie event that was up in, um, the last time I saw him, uh, da, 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 wherever it was. It was freaking huge. There was like a thousand plus people. That's the word. Shoes Act came up and, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, what's her name? The Canadian, uh, freaking awesome woman. Uh, Naomi Klein. Yeah, yeah. Th that event was like a thousand plus people or something like that. And I think they showed that room and you see that enormous thing. To me, to see a huge crowd is great. Rather than see a crowd of like a hundred people, and yeah, there's another hundred people over in another room. Well, oh, if you know funded. you're gonna only draw a hundred people, you don't want to book a no, no, no. I know, I know, but they so misjudged. They so misjudged. So you're in so Washington D.C. You drove on I-95. Um, Were you drinking? Yeah, I, I hope whatever. on the drive down. What? Were you drinking? Coffee. I drink a lot of coffee. Yeah, but I oh to sober up because you you stop at a bar on the way. No, down. I never go to bars. Oh, I come never on. go to bars because how can you go fifty miles without stopping for a pick me up? Well, first of all, again, I did stop at Treehouse in Massachusetts to pick up some beer there because it's the best beer. You know, and you drank it on the way down. Right. No, I wait till I'm. No, I don't drink and drive. Oh That's... yes, you do. Come on, bacon. No, I did that in high school, which right. I shouldn't have even been drinking, right. and crashed the car, and that's the story, and that's the end of that. So I know that. I learned my favorite. One of my favorite stories about you. Okay, so you drove down. How was the weather? It was rainy and, and crappy and stuff like that, but uh, I don't, you know, um, I was fine. I mean, no worries. I mean, it was a lot of rain. But it was fine. I mean, but, but it's almost like it's like so. Oh my God! It's freaking January, and it's like I'm driving through all this rain in Vermont or in New Hampshire and Mass. That should all be snow. All right. So we're we're in Washington D.C. or you are. Yeah. Yep. And you had a day. You're going to come back on Friday show. You're not going to have clips because not only do you not travel with a credit card, but you also don't travel with a computer, so you can't edit your clips. We're going to have to wait until next Tuesday, a week from today, to hear your clips. But you did go yeah. among the people in D.C. Are there protests? Yes. What are you seeing? Well, there were... So I, I was excited because I got in yesterday, and it was Sunday, and I was... That right, would be I was, two I days my, ago. Yes, I'm sorry. My, my apologies. Um... And so again, I was so I'm excited. And I'm riding my bike around because I rode I rode in from the hotel. It was like two miles or something to get to the city. Perfect. And 
I see all this huge group of people in a field, but it's sort of near the Washington Monument, between the Washington Monument and the uh, uh, White House. And I'm like, wow, something's going on. They have like smoke going on. And it was a big, uh, uh, big protest of people from India and stuff. And we had clipped clip from that for a later time. Anyway, so I'm like, cool, that's Sunday. So there should be a bunch of, you know, there'll be some Monday. So I go to the freaking impeachment thing. I come out, I go, you know, and there's four. Four protesters. Four protesters. Four or against? All against. The impeachment. One is dressed, yes, one is, well, one one is dressed in a derogatory Trump, Trump outfit. They're they're pro-Trump. No, 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 they're, the two people I interviewed are, they're great. One is from Oregon, I mean, one dude, he came from Oregon. And and another guy, I think he came from Colorado. The Colorado guy is here for a while. He's out. She's there all day long. You know. But there are no protesters. There's nobody. It's so sad. You go in. You can go in. You can. You know. You wait in a long line. You go in. You maybe get a half hour at the most with one ticket. With a different ticket, you might be able to get a couple hours. Wait, 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 wait. Explain to me. I thought you were talking about the steps of the Capitol. There, there are no protesters outside. Four. 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 Okay. There are four. Okay. Now, you talked about going inside the Capitol. They let you in, right? Yeah, I kind of got kicked out, too, yes. But, yeah, we'll I get think to that I did in go second. in. Yeah. Yes. So you got in. You flashed your press credentials. No, 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 no. No, I did that. I did the, I'm walking in as a normal person. Uh, let me let me get a lay of the land first to see what's going on. Right, because, you didn't want to you know, drop the big "I'm with the David Feldman Show" card. You you wanted to be <laughs> humble. You're just a normal yeah, guy taking it in. I'm not sure where I'm going to drop that card. Huh? <laughs> I'm not sure where I'm dropping that card. Okay, so yes. so anybody, if you can get through the metal detector. No, so what you have to do, you what you want to do is you if you come to Washington D.C. in order to go, you need to get a well. You can do it a couple different ways, um, but if you just go to the there's like three uh, buildings, two plus buildings that are where the senators have their offices, and you know their staff just hangs out there. You just go there and you talk to them, and they will give you a pass. And you really want that rather than a timed pass because the pass they'll give you a pass that lets you go in. You can use that. For all year, you can use all the whole Congress time. So I'm going to. I've used that twice. I'll use it a third. I'll use it tomorrow twice. So walk around Congress. Can, can you sit in the the bleachers and that, watch the proceedings? Yes, that's that pass gets you into the that area, the bleacher thing. Yes. Then there's a separate pass. Every Congress member has three of them. So I'm on the list at, for Maggie, at Maggie Hassan's thing, and I told them like, oh. Don't worry about today. Give me tomorrow. You know, she's your okay. senator from New Hampshire. She's one of the two senators, yes. And then I asked them, like, okay, should I now go down the hall and talk to Shaheen's people and put in for a pass there, or should I just do it through you? What you know? But what is and this pass like, yes. that, you, that she only has three of these passes? What are they? What do they? What so do they get? They you? will. Well, you don't wait in the long line. It's a special blue pass. And then you might have two hours. You go to a separate section. You sit in a separate area. 
Um, and, you know, there's so very much higher demand. So obviously, if anyone is in town or has looked ahead who is anyone important, they will get them. So you will probably find out that I do not get one tomorrow. Okay. But you, so you did sit and watch some of the proceedings? I did sit and watch uh, 20, 25 minutes of the proceedings, yes. And did you bring and your saw, tape recorder? Oh, that is not allowed. You can't bring in. Now they're really getting the Fitbits. Remember there was a little news thing about the Senators had their Fitbits or something? They had the, they're, they're, they the had spinners. Watches. The spinners. They brought the OJs and the spinners in to sing or something. Yeah, go ahead. They had their Apple Watches, I guess. So now they're, they were asking us for any Fitbits. So you get rid of, you can bring in your coat and nothing else. You're not even allowed, I'm like, I'm not even allowed to take notes up there. I'm not allowed to draw. I'm, I mean, I, uh, I, there's a lot of things I'm not allowed to do in the audience. You're not allowed I to take have some, notes? No, I'm not allowed to take notes. And I had my, and I wanted to because I, because I was, because I saw, I, and then you get a little, you get a little chart that tells you where everyone's sitting. So that's kind of cool. Did now, you keep the chart? Everyone. Do you keep the chart? As a oh, of student? course I have all that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so I could see, so I saw, well, I saw Bernie, I saw Elizabeth, I saw Corey, I saw Kamala. As, you know, and then I could see. Um, oh, who's the devil? Uh, Mitch. Mitch McConnell, um, Lindsey Graham, Susan Collins. Yeah. Oh, well, Collins isn't the devil. I mean, Mitch oh. is the devil. Well, but it's... anyway, I could see Mitch. I could see a bunch of people, and, and that's interesting. And it's interesting to see how they. You know, I mean, again, I was there for twenty-five minutes, maybe. Why twenty-five minutes? You got bored. No, 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 no. I was there for the maximum amount of time because with my little cheesy everyone could get past, um, you have that amount of time. And how do you get to the gaggles and interview the senators? Okay, so there's, well, it's especially difficult right now. There's two levels of security that you have to get ahead of time. You have to get. So the first one is that you just get a badge. It'll have your picture some kind of thing, it'll be laminated, it's a laminated, you know, thing, like a lanyard. Um, and that is like a normal, like, you can go into the Senate building at all times. So, like... And how do you get that? How do you get that? Well, you have to ask for it. And So did you get um, one? Well, I made five phone calls, and the final guy who was the dude, he's the media periodical, because a podcast... Because I don't have video, I guess it's periodical. I don't know. Um, he, he did not think it was just going to happen. Um, he gave me the possibility of sending him an email with all this information about you, your show, how you, how it's paid for. All what does that stuff. matter? What does that matter? Dave, I, I have no idea. I only know what I was told. So... Uh, you know, I told the guys. Are, they, the phone, so, like, are no. they implying that I'm not a legitimate news source? Well, the the, the, the guy, the, uh, one or two phone calls earlier was like, okay, these things went out. So like CNN, let's say, I'm just going to make this number up. Let's say CNN got five. Then CNN themselves would give those five passes. Bacon, I sent no. you down to get the story and you're making excuses. Oh. Are you telling me <laughs> that you weren't able to? to leverage your association with the David Feldman show into a press pass? Oh, I got in. I, I, I mean, oh, don't think I didn't get in, but I did not have a pass, and 
I don't think we're going to get a pass. And that, cause then there's also a second level. Once you even have I that should have original sent Jackie one, the joke man. Just, I should have sent Jackie the joke man. I sent a child to do a man's job. All you have to say is I'm with the David Feldman show. And, and um, the door's open. Did you tell well, them you're with the David I've, Feldman show? I've not found that to be true. But huh? I mean, what? I have not found that to be true. Maybe there's a small circle in New York or Los Angeles. Maybe in your little, in the comp, I didn't mean to say little. Maybe in your little comedy club world, you know, that would be true. But in DC, press wise, it's not even, it's because we're not, it's not a legitimate press organization. Like, you know, like. Wow. The, wow. So I. Talk oh, about passive aggressive. Talk about. I got into the freaking room and there's like no, no, you, this is people. all this is how you do it, Bacon. I, I through the goodness of my heart, I send you to Washington, D.C. And instead of thanking me, you come on oh, my thank show. Thank you so and, much. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank instead you so of thanking I, me, thank you. you come. Yes. I'm thanking you right now. Yeah. You come on the show to tell me how insignificant I am. <laughs> and you blame your inability to score the big interviews on my show being insignificant. They kicked me out because I freaking asked a real question. I'm dealing with the real press freaking here, and they can't do dick. Okay, what happened? You got thrown it. out of a... So you so you did yeah, get into a press conference. Well, so, okay, there's this, like, little, there's this little room I got in. Let's just say I somehow was able to get in. Oh, the and, martyr. Uh, he couldn't get in using the David Feldman show credentials. He got in there through grit and determination. So let's all thank David no, no, Bacon no, no. Sure, for being sure the savior, the martyr. No, 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 no. You saved the show. Thank you. Thank you. No, My, no, no. David no, Feldman it's, it's means not nothing it's in not Washington, D.C. Thank no, God David Bacon is a is a player and an operator no. and a hustler. Maybe freaking Jackie the Joke Man would have done better. I, I, I think so. recognize him. And, and he would have, have the decency not to humiliate me on my own show. Okay, so... I, you, I always okay. try to speak the truth. Okay, Joan of Arc, you saved the day. You're a martyr. Joan of Arc? No, no, no. No, I got hardly anything. So anyway, so there's like this little zone where like... The senators come up, they like arrive in like a little coal car. I get, I get like it. You, you want to parade because you did your effing job. I sent you to Washington, D.C. to do your job, and now I get a litany of how hard it is to do what you're you being asked to do. are asking me questions, and I'm merely answering them. No, no, you're, you're, you're making your job more complex than it actually is. Instead of reporting the news, you're making it about you, David Bacon. You're part of the problem. I am part of the problem because I don't have the technology to send you the clips that I got today. Or so you don't travel with it. Who doesn't travel with a credit card? I know. I know. I'm like telling these people, they're like, I'm going, you know, I, I walked into like Mark Rubio's office and I'm like, oh, hey, I'd love to talk. And they're like, yeah, just email here. And you're, yeah, I guess I can only do this over the phone. Like, And then I can't even do it over the phone. I have to talk to him in person. And they're just like, will you get the fuck out of our office? I but need anyway. a young, I need somebody younger than you. Somebody's younger. Well, you need, I need uh, a taller, I, attractive lady. Yes, I, without a doubt. I need somebody who's younger to do this job. Somebody I actually know energy. someone who could do it. And somebody who isn't married, who doesn't have kids, who can devote 25 hours a day to this job. 
I mean, you just make well, you make a simple job sound like it's brain surgery. All I ask you to do is interview Bernie Sanders, interview Mitch McConnell. I went into I went into freaking Bernie Sanders. You know what they said to me? He doesn't do walk-ins. So he might have even been in the freaking room. And he, I did talk to him the other day up in New Hampshire. But you know, we'll hopefully get him. But you know. I don't have credentials. I'm not, you know, nothing. So answer my question. Did you get an interview? Did you get an interview with Bernie Sanders? No, I haven't interviewed Bernie Sanders. Did you get an interview with Elizabeth Warren? No, I've not gotten an interview. Did you get an interview with Marco Rubio? I did not get an interview with Marco Rubio. Did you get an interview with Donald Trump? There was an impression guy up in New Hampshire I might be able to get. All right, that's good. Now you're talking. And we do have John Delaney. Is he still running? Is he still in the race? I mean, it's so sad. He was the first person to enter, and he spent... Some uh, a large amount of money, but he's not he's not a billionaire, but I guess he's a millionaire. He spent a lot of money of his own money, and he has like zero following. It's, okay, so you got at least you got thrown out of a press conference today. Is that correct? It wasn't a press conference. No, 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 no. It's better than that. What did you get thrown out of? Okay, so... Just answer the question, Bacon. I have to explain the whole thing. Did you get... Okay, before you explain it, before you explain... Brevity. As a journalist, one of the... You know, in our newsroom, one of the things we push is brevity. So... That's why we've been going on for freaking half an hour and haven't played one clip yet. Because you're so busy complaining that this show isn't important enough. That's I believe you were complaining about freaking I don't have credit cards. Okay. So you were able to get in and you got thrown out by the security. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. That is good. You're representing... I'm being serious. Before we started, you told me that you were escorted off the premises of the, the Capitol. And let me, I, you know, I, yeah. I, I have to give you a compliment because you are representing the David Feldman show. And mm-hmm. I expect a representative of the David Feldman show to misbehave, to act up, yeah. to, to do a little code pink, little Medea Benjamin for me and get thrown out of the room. And did you or yeah. did you not get thrown out of the room? I got thrown out of the room. Actually, what's you, get a cookie. you get a cookie for that. That made the oh, trip. Do you have it on any. tape? Do you have it on tape? I do not have them throwing me out of the room on tape. Yeah, what do you have I on tape? Well, I have, I have on tape me accosting some senator. Good. And then I turned the tape off, and then, you know, some freaking real reporter girl goes, who's that guy? And this other reporter dude is like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then, like, 
15 seconds later, cop dudes are all over me. Yeah. And I'm gone. <laughs> so freaking reporter chick didn't like me busting in because he wouldn't answer her freaking question. She's like, oh, what do you think about Bolton? And I'm like, you're skirting your responsibility. And then... Goodbye, David Bacon. That's right. So. Yeah, so, and you don't know who the senator was, right? I do not know the senator, but I, I was like, oh, because they come out of this little, like, little trot, like, again. They don't wear I name tags. In. They don't wear name no, tags. Dave, it was 10, I walk in that, I walk in the area, there's 40 to 50 press people, and I'm like, holy shit. This is the spot. And then I see five people <laughs> surround this dude, and they're walking with this dude. And I'm like, well, he's clearly some senator. So I just stick my cape out, and I'm just walking with them. And then they go up a staircase. This is great. And they're on the other side, and it's actually just me and him, but I don't know who he is, so I'm like, I can't fucking, what am I going to do? Uh, you know, so anyway, they get up, to the, get up to the top, and then there's an elevator to the right, and then there's a questioner to thrown to him, and then he, or he talks about how the, I don't know, I shouldn't say what he says, yes, though. Hang on for one second. You've studied what? journalism. If you want to no. work in the newsroom at the David Feldman Show, you go to night school. And learn journalism, and one of the the guiding principles. Oh, is that an FU? <laughs> what is that an FU? FU, yeah. And it's yeah. one of the guiding principles of journalism is who, what, why, when, and how. I know, I know, so, I know, I know, so, I know, I know. So can't you ask the who? Fact. You didn't ask the who. What am I going to say? Who are you? I'm supposed to be a legit reporter. I'm, no, I'm walking with other people. No, you know, you're supposed I, to. You represent no. the David Feldman show. I can't say who are you. Yeah, of course you can. No, David, it was too fast. I had no time. What, kind of, what kind of reporter are you? Did you don't understand. It was like I, I was like I opened up like a secret door, and then it was like, oh, my God, I'm in freaking like whatever, like a uh, what's the... I can't think of the term. Uh, magical land. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, my God, this is where I'm supposed to be. And then, boom, there's the dude, and they're walking with him. I'm like, holy shit, that's a senator guy. And then it was like, it was too quick for me. And then it, I know. I, I, Trust you know, like, I your instinct. I had two seconds. I had two seconds. I fumbled. Uh, you're right. You, you, I totally yes. did. I should have just said who. But to ask him who he is is so degrading to him. And to you I, and to the show. And that's why I sent you there. Look, I freaking at least was like you're skirting your responsibility as he got into the elevator. Okay, you have no, you have a response. Bacon, bacon. How yes, many more days are you in DC? Well, I'm here t uh, t tomorrow, full day, and then uh, then the, my, the, I have another the night, and then I have to leave at some point. And, okay, and, 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 let uh, me tell you something. If I don't get audio of you saying at a press conference. Hi, David Bacon with the David Bacon Show. I have a question and a follow-up. Oh, my show now? Huh? Oh, play that what, again. What did I say? Oh, the David Feldman Show. Yeah, you said okay. my name twice. Okay. That's Hi, I, this is what I need on That's tape. Funny. I need you in a press conference saying, Hi, yeah. David Bacon with the David Feldman Show. I, they're not letting me. I can't. And I can't hang on. I have a I question. I have a, there. I have a question and a follow-up. The question, first question is, who are you? Who are you? What who are you? Are you? Here? Right. If you yeah, don't I, get that, if you don't get that on tape, don't bother coming no, home. No. 
I'm not. I am not paying for you to come back to New Hampshire if I don't get that on well, tape. It's not. It's a, I can't. I'm, if I go, but I'm. I'm not. They're not. I can't go. I can't go back in there. Okay, but you have to I, go well, with someone, your strength. I called you. I called you to freaking just do the shit. You are not available. I, you know, we oh, could have set fault. the shit up to. Well, I, I gave you the freaking opportunity. You didn't answer your phone. Granted, I don't have a smartphone. That's on me. But you know that. It's not like that's like a new thing. But I did freaking call you to go, get, here's, the, here's what we need to do to try to get it for tomorrow. We had a tiny, tiny window, but it wouldn't have happened anyway. Okay. I can't go back in that room. They, they will arrest me. I okay. can't go back in. Listen to me, Citizen Bacon, and then we'll play the clips, okay? Yes. You are Citizen Bacon. Yes. What you don't know is your strength. Yes. You are entitled to answers. Even no, if I, it's, I understand that, yes. Who yeah, are you? Even if it's, I, I who are it. you? I couldn't do it. You need do it. to I be, couldn't. don't be pretentious. Be Citizen Bacon. You are an American citizen with a microphone. I don't think pretentious, though. What? Yeah, but, but because I'm trying, see, I didn't realize that that, Freaking chick was gonna throw, get me thrown out five seconds later, or because I, I thought like, oh my god, I just walked into the room and I'm already getting tape of a senator. I was like, this is a jackpot, and then goodbye. But so I did. I thought it would continue. So I thought like, oh, kick ass. I'll just do a little the same thing I would have done if we were in New Hampshire. And then right. no. So I thought I would get that again. And then I'm like, yes, I'll recognize someone eventually. And then I could be like, hey, shoot. You know, you know what I mean? Well, what I about Tulsi like Gabbard? You did a one-on-one -on -one with Tulsi. Can't you go to her congressional office and say Tulsi, hello? Tulsi, Tulsi, well, yeah, but she's not here. She's in New Hampshire, I'm sure. What about Amy she, Klobuchar? You know she's oh terrified God, of freaking, you. You know what? You know what's happening? to uh, I'm missing Tulsi's ski trip. Oh, anyway. Yeah. I know. That would be so fun. I know. T Tulsi. Anyway, yes. What about Amy? Amy I, likes I went, you, right? I went and, I went and talked with the, their staff people. I got along well with the dude at the desk, uh, intern, uh, I can't think of his name. Uh, you know, I, and then I call, I got all the people. I, I got their press stuff. I called them all on the phone. Everyone wants email. No one wants phone crap. You should fight that. Pay. You should fight that. That's discrimination. You're an American citizen. You pay their salary. How dare they insist that you have to email them? Suppose you're a Luddite. They're discriminating against Luddites. Luddites? They're, is that what you said? Yeah, you're a Luddite. I remember, I've heard that before. I don't remember what it means. See, this is what you, simple, simple you are a, fast. you are a national treasure. You're citizen bacon. And what you not don't yet, know is your strength. You speak for the common man. I try to speak truth to power. I yeah, just try but to be you true speak. And you speak. You speak for the the knuckle dragging, mouth breathing ignoramuses. Oh, oh insult me! That's you, huge. you speak for the low information voter. You're you're the salt of the earth. I'm not the salt of the earth. You are. I'm a privileged white fucking guy. No, you're not. You're an idiot. You're just like every one of their constituents. And we celebrate you, you moron. I'm not liking this part. <laughs> <laughs> Am I breaking you finally?
Have I broken your spirit? No, 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 not at all. How much are you going to after this segment? How much are you going to drink when you go back I'll to your room? That. I'm in my room in. now. Huh? I'm in my room now. And you got a bucket of ice. You're going to sit in the bathtub with but three bottles of Canadian Club and wake up no, in your own piss and feces, I hope. Uh, no, 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 no. You do I'm, that. You I'm, sit in the bathtub for three days drinking in a puddle of piss and poo. No, I don't. I don't take baths. I should shower probably more. Um, you know. You're the great yeah, unwashed. You're Citizen Bacon. I, you know, I, I do my part. I do okay. my part. All right, Bacon. Good yep. job. Good job. I'm trying, man. It's not yeah. easy. I don't I, I just don't, you know. You know, see, I mean, it's funny how, like, you know, you know, I make fun of, like, uh, you know, NHPR and shit, and obviously they, they don't they could care less about me. They just wanted some tape I had, but... Yeah, if I had some, you know, news thing, I would have a better chance of stuff. But, you know, it's you're, you're a real, it in all seriousness, you're a real journalist. I'm not denying, I'm not denying, I mean, yes, I'm not, really, but. No, you are. I mean, I'm, I'm you're, doing you're, what you're, I can. You're about the hustle, you like the energy, there's really no depth to you. There's no uh, depth no, to me. You, you have no insight it's everything's on the surface. Well, I'm trying to get the people to tell me what they know because they know more than me. Yeah, you're. Uh, anyone, you, you, any, I think you have a career in journalism. Anyone I'm talking to, it's like you for you, you whatever you're doing, you've spent time doing that. I'm just what, like I have like little things to interject to pretend like I'm some pretentious dude who knows all this crap. Is that's ridiculous, right? Like I want to let the people. Oh, you know who I love. Studs Turkle. Exactly. His freaking working book. I, when I read his working book in college, oh my God. It's the great, that's what I want to do. Yeah. I well, just want to interview regular people. Yes. They're so amazing. And, they, and they're not intimidating. So good. And they're stupid, so you don't feel less than. No, 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 no. It's not that they're, no, it's no. <laughs> everyone has a story to tell. They're they have, exactly. They have a story to tell. Yes, and it's amazing. And we, 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 we like lift up unimportant pieces of shit. And it's the everyday folk who do have real lives and have amazing stories that get neglected and no one hears about. And we, and we like, oh, 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 I mean, this is, I know, this is going to offend people. And I don't know the guy, maybe it was amazing, but like, but Kobe Bryant just died. Like, he was a basketball player. Maybe he did amazing other stuff that I don't know about, but like, if all he did was play basketball, it's a, it's a tragedy, but freaking A. Yeah. You know? But maybe he did other great stuff I don't know, and I apologize, and, and it's all wrong. Maybe he was a huge humanitarian. I don't know. Maybe he was one of those guys who gave a lot of money back to his place where he grew up and stuff, and then it's a bigger tragedy than I know, and I apologize because I don't follow sports stuff. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, like Jimmy, some kid, whatever guys, and like, no one knows or anything, and all he did was good stuff, and just no one knows. And, and that's a super important story that no one's telling. Right. That's all. That's all. That's right. All. That's who you are. You elevate right. the common man. Yes, that's Because what I you're want. a common man. Common man. Fine, yes. New Hampshire, big, huge business called the common man. 
all restaurants all throughout the state. All the people go to the Common Man Airport restaurant because it's right next to the Manchester. I think it's the quickest thing they can go to. And the the owner of the Common Man, I'm sure, is a common man. Well, he was like a oh, I think he might have had a drug problem back in the day. He solved that. I think he gives money to, to like drug rehabby stuff. Mm-hmm. He's probably pretty decent of a guy. Sure. I don't know enough about his story, but yeah. Okay. All right. Good work. Try to get arrested, please. No, Dave, I can't. Because my phone is going to die and I won't be able to call anyone. Because you're, you're... then I won't have numbers. And... Look, yeah. look, Jane Fonda got arrested in Washington, D.C. Martin Sheen just got arrested in Washington, D.C. Yes, look, I don't like. If, I, if you're I... not arrested by noon tomorrow, I'm sending the police into your hotel room. <laughs> To confiscate your hard drive. Somehow. Hard drive? I have no hard drive. You didn't bring your hard drive? What are you talking about? Yeah, what are you talking about? I know what's on that hard drive. And if you don't get arrested in front of the Capitol building, I'm sending a detective into your hotel room. And you know what I'm talking about. And you're going to be doing some serious time. So You're silly. Okay. What's clip? Clipping letter one, John, the great John Delaney. You scored an interview oh, with John Delaney. Okay, okay. So we're doing the Bernie thing last. I'm doing it in the order that you sent it to me. Well, I had an A, then I had one, two, three, four. It's all. I'm just trying to figure it out. That's whatever's fine. Yeah, yeah. I, that's I'm, okay. sorry. We'll do, yeah I, that's I'm so good. sorry. I'm so sorry that I can't read your mind. I I apologize. I'm just a simple guy who maybe Studs Terkel would be interested in interviewing. But I can't. I'd love to interview you. Yeah, but I don't know what the order is when I get 1A, 3F. I just... No, there's there's one letter and then there's four numbers and I said them in the order of the thing. So, Uh you know, oh, you're never whatever. wrong. That's and totally you know what? No, 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 you don't, no, no, no. You don't need to be true. wrong. I'm Listen. totally wrong. You know what? You, you have a scoop. You have a scoop. John Delaney. You landed an interview. You got John Delaney. Yeah, and he came to me. It's hilarious. There were people in there. There was, there was like eight people in the room. And, and I knew like a, well, I should, maybe 12. And I knew two of them. And so I was talking to one of them after, like, I'm like, I don't even know how I want to go interview this guy. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even care. But because there was no press, he came up to me and I was like, okay, I do have all these questions because I'll just use what you talked about and freaking go, you know, but I don't care. But anyway, yes, I do have, <laughs> now, I have four questions into him. Okay. Yeah. Refresh our memory. Oh, don't ask me that. I have no information here about that. John Delaney, congressperson. He was the first person I know to uh, enter the race. I think he was so, he was like all happy about himself because I think he was the first person he says to say like that Medicare for all is not a good thing. And then maybe Pete joined on with that or something like that's his claim to fame. Like, yeah, which is like, oh, good claim to fame. I will ask him about that stuff. Yeah. This is the guy who was convinced that if he hung out in New Hampshire and really pressed the flesh and got up close and everybody in New Hampshire met him, he would win. In yeah, New he's Hampshire. like at less than 1%. Yeah. 
Okay. Nobody cares. I mean, nobody even goes to his thing. Um, yes. You know, nice enough guy. Yeah. Okay, John Delaney, stop breathing into the microphone, okay? Yes. Yes, you got to criticize, but I agree. You're right. Okay. I agree. Okay, here we go. It's nice to finally meet you and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Good talk. I'm well. I'm out of New Hampshire, but um, but uh, David uh, was out of uh, New York City. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Podcast and stuff. Hey, so I guess you even started. I didn't. I, I could sense that he, when you said David, he knew exactly who you were talking about. Say that again. When you said David, you were talking about me, right? Yes. And yes. He obviously yes. is a big fan of the show. I could tell. Oh, I didn't gather that, but, uh, yes, someone suggested, no, someone suggested I should not say my name, David Bacon, and then say David Feldman because they get confused. Call yourself Citizen Bacon. Yeah, that's what you said. So Larry Fisher yeah. came up with that name. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it, it might take me a little time to get used to doing that. It's called branding. Yeah. It's called branding. Yeah, citizen. Like, I don't like branding. Yeah, you don't I like right? you don't like brand because you're just a man of the people. You're the salt of the no, earth. No, 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 no. Here's the deal, though. Again, like I'll sell old crap that has branding on it, but I'll take the labels off of my clothes. Okay, yeah, I get you it. Because you're all anyway. about authenticity, like Amy Clover. Well, no, because I buy only stuff from the uh, thrift store too. But anyway, okay. move on. You know, I know what you're doing. You're manipulating. The audience, you're manipulating the audience to like you more than me. You're just dropping these little, you're dropping these little crumbs. You just insult people. How are people going to like you more anyway? No, no, you're, you're, you're playing the long game with my audience and you're saying, I don't have a credit card. I'm a simpleton. You told me yourself. I'm a simpleton. How can I play the long game? That's the The long long game. game implies some sort of intelligence. A simpleton would not have the intelligence for that. You're the voice of the American people and you're just planting little seeds in the, the minds of my audience and they're, they don't even realize. They're, They're just, called truth droplets. Yeah, subliminally, you're saying David Bacon's better than David Feldman. No. David Feldman's pretentious. David Bacon is real. No, you're you 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 you, you know what you you retain more than me. That's your advantage. Well, you retain more. I don't retain stuff. So now I'm now like, I'm bloated. Is gone. Now now I'm bloated. <laughs> Is that oh, and you wonder why your wife... You're way funnier, you're way quicker, and you retain your knowledge. And, and I think it's because of that retention that makes you so quick and, and, and funny. Here we and go. And I don't have that. Yeah. So. Just look how you suck up to me. No, I'm just going with I'm just flowing with the thing. This is all part of your long game to make no, yourself sympathetic. I'm not smart enough for that. Oh, I'm not smart yes. enough for that. You're just you a small... You're just a small town country lawyer like Sam Irwin from the Watergate hearings. And then we find out he went to Harvard Law School. You're yeah, I'm on I, to I you, met Bacon. those dudes in law school. Huh? I met those dudes in law school. I met I met I met a guy like that in law school. It was a fabulous Southern uh, professor who was brilliant uh, at uh, at uh, Franklin Pierce. And he he all oh, he could play that draw, but he was smarter Lower than expectations. Lower oh, so expectations. Yeah, exactly. That's what Anytime, David Bacon anyone, does. He lowers our expectations. Job, people, yeah. Guys like me let our guard down, and then you come in for the kill. And next you're thing I know, York, I don't have a podcast. You're a New York anymore. sophisticate. 
you're a New York sophisticate, so I'm going to do Hampshire for you. I'm right. born in Pennsylvania. Okay. But Here come on. All right, let's get, can we get back to the, the scoop <laughs> that you have with you, John you, Delaney? You stopped the tape. I don't have the ability. You stopped it. Don't oh, criticize oh, me. Right. Oh, okay. I get it. Oh, you did it totally. How did I stop it? Okay. And the, and the, the, the veiled anti-Semitism. The Ow. Jews control everything. Wait, the Jews, yes, oh, the Jews control the clips that we play. Oh, I could not I could not interview the Jews today. Okay. Here I was so disappointed. Okay, here we go. Read up a ton about you, and I apologize for that. But you mentioned something about that opportunity zone stuff, and I think you, you even uh, helped initiate yes, that I sort did. of thing. Yeah. And um, I, I think this is the thing, and maybe I'm talk- thinking about the wrong, that something else. But there was something about like it being maybe abused or something by that Florida yacht guy. There was a yacht owner or something who had some like waterfront thing, and he was already going to build like condominiums or something, yeah. and then. The, the, because I think maybe the Opportunity Zone, the people who lived in that area were able to, or the governor or whoever, the town person is able yeah. to, like, choose. Yeah. And so he's like, oh, yeah. so I don't know, yeah. is there a way to fix I, that? Yeah. Or? yeah, well, there should yeah. be, listen, I, I don't know that particular story. Right. And the way the Opportunity Zone legislation was, works is the, the government creates a tax incentive right. through the federal tax code. Right. And the states were responsible for drawing the Opportunity Zone. Right. So it's, so it's a state problem where that Now, maybe. the federal government provided some rules. Right, right. I don't believe the Trump administration... Followed. Has crafted the rules appropriately. Right, right, right. You know, Delaney's campaign reminds me of this podcast and me. Huh? Delaney reminds me of me in this podcast. What do you mean? He's a failure, but he's got nothing better to do. So he's just going to keep going because he's desperate. I relate to Delaney. He just well, wants to I mean, be in the game, even if Bennett, nobody then, wants to play with him. You, you then you relate to Bennett and uh, Klobuchar, and you know those people too. Then, well, no, but Delaney's desperate. Like his kids and his wife don't want him home. Yeah, that I, I don't know anything about that. I mean, you think yeah, if, if he had a wife and kids who were happy to see him, you think he'd be talking to you seriously? Right. I mean, that's a good point. You know what, though? It depends how long he's been with us. I mean, you know, I don't know. Uh, I can't. To, 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 I, I'm not, again. Um, it's I'm over. From New York. It's I'm over. Not. The campaign is over. It's like this podcast. Somebody needs to say to me, your career is over, Feldman. <laughs> You're just hanging on and, and no, just going I'm through the motions. It. And you bully I'm people. Gonna, what? One person at a time, I'm elevating your podcast. You don't know. I've handed out so many freaking. I made these business cards with your podcast thing on it. I'm handing out so many to everyone. Hmm. All I, every person I meet is a new listener at least once. Then it's up to you to keep them coming back. Oh. But you sh- your numbers have to go up. You should be my agent. That's exactly what my agent says. All I can do is put your work out there. If people are <laughs> yeah, repulsed but- and disgusted <laughs> by your words, you, that's not right. Okay, right. let's get back to I'm, I'm starting to relate to Delaney. Okay. He, he's, he's, I, I, he's, he is I. He's just a lonely guy with too much time on his hands, desperately trying to stay relevant. Well, he has a lot, he has a lot of money. Oh. He's, he's, a, he's a wealthy, he's a multi-millionaire. I mean, I don't know how, well, how wealthy you are, but he's so a multi he can probably, he probably can pay a he guy. He can afford it. He can probably pay a bald guy who looks like him to fuck his wife and hang out with his kids. <laughs> or maybe that really isn't Delaney you're talking to. Right. Exactly. He's staying at home. He's paying a guy to go. It's Gallagher, too. 
oh. is the episode I saw. Okay. I saw Gallagher too. Did you really? No, that's my joke. It's not Delaney. It's Gallagher too. Yes, okay. Delaney too. It's his brother. Okay. I will do the jokes nobody gets here. Okay. That's my thing. <laughs> so. Well, you know, come on. I can do some jokes no one gets to. No, 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 that's I'm my style. Time. My style is not being funny. Develop your you're, own you know what? style. I, you're, you're, you're good, though. You're, you're oh, good. Just plant the more seeds. Look how likable David Bacon is. Look how supportive. So I, I only express my actual feeling at the time. Yeah. I see what you're doing. I see what you're... I'm on to you, Bacon. Okay. You, you are obsequious. You're like Uriah Heep. Obsequious? You're obsequ Uriah Heep was a band. Okay, if you think so. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means besides a band. Okay. Uriah Heep. Here I know go. what it means. All right, here we go. Congress basically said to the administration, you know, here's some macro rules you got to follow about mm -hmm. like what's happening with unemployment and incomes, et cetera, right? right. Kind of generally defining an opportunity zone. Right. But then, you know, it's hard for the federal government to draw these maps. Yeah, the yeah, states yeah. were given the responsibility. Right. And uh, unfortunately, political systems are subject to corruption. Right, right. News right. alert. Right. And no, it sounded like a great idea. I'd program it. Is, yeah. But you need a relentless <laughs> enforcement of it at the federal level. Right, right, right. Probably true of so many things. Yeah, listen, anytime you have a big government program. Right, right, right. There's always an example of someone abusing food stamps. That doesn't mean sure. you should get rid of food stamps. Exactly, yeah, yeah. That Even though Reagan might have wanted sure to. Or that, yeah. They use those one examples right. to throw the whole program out. Right. It's ridiculous. Right, 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 right. Hey, so because we're talking about that sort of thing and that, like, a tax incentive, the other thing that you mentioned just briefly was the uh, the, uh, the, 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 the earned income tax, and yes. maybe you want to double that. Yeah, and, love and, to double it national. Right, and you mentioned that, that that would benefit like some some of the poor communities and stuff. It benefits workers. Well. Right, because I was going to say, sometimes those poor communities, those people aren't necessarily earning enough money even to pay a tax, because, and then that incentive... Well, it's only, a, but it's a tax credit, so even if you don't pay so tax, you So even if you weren't paying tax, you would yeah. get money back. You get some cash back. Oh, yeah. super. Yeah. Okay, well then, I apologize yeah. for what... No, that, no, that was but perfect. It, it, but again, it's not the only solution to the income tax credit. Right. But, there's, but my plan is to double the amount of money going into it, right. which means 14 million more Americans would get it, right. and on average, every person would get $2,000 more a year. Right. Oh, well, that's good. That's good. Okay, awesome. And then in your health insurance, or health... Yeah, I guess I want to call it health insurance. Better care. Okay, you mentioned how uh, you are among three different candidates who talk about universal yes. care. Of course, like Bernie's thing and maybe Elizabeth's, and I think Pete even was part of that at the very beginning, and then he switched yeah, out he, of that. he decided he didn't like he, it. Anymore. Yeah. Um, yours calls for still like a deductible and a copay, whereas like Bernie's thing, when it's a real universal thing, like yeah. there's no deductible, there's no copay, it's part, it's a, it's a program provided by so, the government. So, so there's three things that cost people money in healthcare. Premium, right. deductibles, right. copays, right. And things that aren't covered, so there's four things. Right. Right? And I was going to say, maybe even your taxes, if it is paid that way. So, under my universal health care plan, there's no premiums. Okay. Everyone gets it as right of citizenship. Okay. Right. Now, if you're well off, I think you should pay uh, co-pays and deductibles. Okay. Because that just makes it easier for people who aren't well off right. not to, to pay but for it. But doesn't that create a bureaucracy and stuff? Breaking news, John Delaney is the nephew of John Rowe, who was the CEO of Aetna. Mm. Interesting. Graduated from Georgetown University. Went on I, I'm to... I'm almost there. What? I'm almost there. Georgetown's right down the street. Yeah. He yeah, made his money. He made his money 
co-founding Healthcare Financial Partners, which made loans oh. available to small healthcare service providers that were oh. ignored by larger banks. And he's not for Medicare for all? No. Hmm, that's surprising, huh? And uh, then he founded Capital Source, a commercial lender, which provides capital to about 5,000 small and mid-sized businesses. Possibly good, possibly uh -huh. bad, who knows? He invests knows? in low-income and economically distressed oh. communities. Gentrification. Uh, you knew all about that freaking dude I talked about. Huh? Yeah, so, so the first question I asked was about his opportunity zone thing, which is like a big thing that was used in Detroit to like try to revitalize some of the community. And so the, the, the example I brought up was a guy down in Florida, because I think opportunity zones are based on zip code, but it could be something something similar. So that like the the, the area that it is encompasses is the Kushner family, larger. Jared Kushner did this in Jersey City. They take an right. opportunity zone and they gerrymander right. it. They split the fuck out of it is what they do. Right. And so Jared Kushner But like Trump's dad with the freaking housing shit back in the day. Yeah, in Jersey City Jared Kushner built a a very expensive condo for oligarchs in an opportunity right. zone. So he got a tax credit to right. build high-income property in a low-income opportunity zone. Yeah, it's a bullshit thing. Yes, because right. John and Delaney that's, that's, is a bullshit thing. A bullshit thing. Perfect. And I'm glad you got this exclusive interview. With, yeah, it's hard to get. With Congressman John <laughs> Delaney. Yeah. Can I go see him? I'm sorry? Is he a congressman? Oh, he's probably not down here then. The, con the Congress people have no reason to be here. Yeah, well, he was a congressman up until 2018, but he decided well, to focus on his you. presidential okay, campaign. As I said, if the people of New Hampshire could just get to know John Delaney, yeah. how could they not vote for him? Yeah, it was, it was pretty sad. Yeah. Okay. F him. He's got plenty of money. And I guarantee you, 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 you can't you can't F him just because of that, though. Well, like, I can that F can't him be the reason. But he made his money lending. It can be how he got it. Yes. Lending how to, he got it, yes. to medical providers who rip off, right. I would assume, yes. Medicare yes. and Aetna, which his uncle yes, was the CEO uncle. of. He knows how to exactly. game the system. And, he, yeah. and is he against and Medicare he, for all? Yes. OK, so is he a bad guy? I mean, as far as that, uh, I, 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 I have a hard time saying people are bad. Yeah. Did you have Frank Luntz on my show? Uh, yes, I did. Is he a bad guy? You know, uh, you Do you know, know that if you lift up Frank Luntz's toupee, you see horns and, uh, and the number is 666? Did you know that? You're, I loved you playing the old tape. That you did. I love hearing your old show amongst my tape of him. That was so amazing. I loved it. That was so great. It was okay, hilarious. Okay. And again, it's harder for me to hear it over the phone. No, no, stop it. I'm not. Uh, it's not. That's not. You are building so much brand loyalty with my listeners. It sickens me. When you do stuff Something. like that, 
you undermine my likability. Making your whatever, dude. I contacted you. Yeah, I contacted you because I'm an easy mark. I'm like John Delaney. I'm lonely. I'm pathetic. I got too much time on my hands. I'm going to make, we're going to make the show better. Yeah, That's you, all there is. You you said, you know what? There's Joe Rogan, there's Sam Cedar, Michael Brooks, Jimmy Dore. Those guys have talent. This guy Feldman, I could get his show. I like your show. You don't take ads. I've told you this before. I respect you for some fucking reason. You know why I don't take ads? It's the same reason a 500-pound pineapple face becomes a priest. Yeah. That's whatever. why I don't take ads. Okay. But whatever. You know, when, I don't know how I found your show originally. But I, was, I was blown away by it. It's amazing. Okay. And it's all love, David Bacon. He's, so, he's got such a generous spirit. I see okay, things. You know, you know, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to think of some bad shit I've done. I know when I'm being played, Bacon. You, you, you know what though? You're like Klobuchar. You, you, you've been in a world where that's the case all the time. So that you assume when some fucking innocent guy comes around, you think it has to be some play. It's mm. not. All right. It's let's, not. Let's get back to David Bacon's Clip number one. <laughs> Let's get back to his exclusive interview with former Congressman John Delaney, who may or may not still be running for president. Yeah, who the hell knows? Uh, okay. And isn't part of that getting rid of that bureaucracy would be like a better way? Like, I don't know. No, I, I don't think I don't. I, I think, you know, listen, having a, someone who makes a million dollars a year. Sure. Pay a, uh, a deductible. Sure. Uh, I think is even if there's some bureaucratic issue about figuring that out. Right. right, right. The way you the way it would work is um, it would have to be as part of your tax which sure. is part of your tax return. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, and it would more than uh, it would more than pay the the the, 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 yeah, the kind of, bureaucracy yeah. part because you got to pay for all this stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And, exactly. and so, uh, but but no premium for anyone because right, right, that's right. impossible because then it's not universal, right? See, right, these public right. option people, the big um, myth they're they're playing with the American people is it somehow is universal. It's not. You have to pay a premium to get the the public option. Right, but that's not what that's not what Bernie is is no, arguing no, for. No, yeah, 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 right. No, I, I actually mean, there's believe, a lot of difference between the different terms. Warren and Sanders are morally correct. Right, right, right. In calling for health care as a right of citizenship. Right, exactly. Not health insurance, health care. Health care. Right. Uh, and we di- we diverge right. in that in my system you can still get private insurance, right, right. Uh, and in their system you can. Everyone has the same thing. Right, right. So that like would, would that be like getting a private room, with, like trying to get a better doctor? Is that what you'd pay for by paying like a supplemental thing or something like that? Because if everyone has like a base system of stuff, then the only way that you'd have to you'd, you'd be paying more money, you'd be getting something it's like in addition. My plan is actually like Medicare. Okay. So their plan is what's called a single payer. Right. Which means the government is the only payer. Right. Medicare, which I would keep the way it is now, is actually, if you think about it, it's not a single payer. Uh-huh. Everyone gets it. Think about it like the way I describe my program. Everyone gets it for free, no premiums, yep. once you're 65. Right. Everyone has that. Right. And some people get supplementals, like Dave said. Yes, exactly. Gives them some more options. Right. Some people actually opt out entirely and get Medicare Advantage. Right. And that's what I'm proposing for everyone. So in many ways... They've got the name Medicare for All, but in many ways, my plan is actually much more similar to Medicare. Okay. The way it what works the, today. What did he right, just right. say? He's saying that. Okay. And I guess he's saying that he's 
asking people to opt out of medical Medicare and opt into Medicare Advantage and turn it over to yeah. private health insurers? Is that what he said? I don't know. It makes no freaking sense. I mean, uh, I don't know. He, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what he's talking. I don't know what he wants. It, it makes no sense to me because I don't know what. If I don't, what do you? If everyone has the same deal, if we all, I mean, the goofy part, realistically, if we really think about the way the world is, there are better doctors. And there are worse doctors. I don't know who gets the better doctors. Do the better doctors go to the people who have this supplemental thing? Because if we all have the same plan, we all get whoever, then I don't know what you are buying right, into. Listen, That's what I'm trying to ask. Like a okay. private room. Like a, okay. I, I don't want to belabor this. John Delaney should rot in John Delaney's life. Because I'm it's pretty okay. sure it's, livi it's a living hell to be John Delaney. It has to be. But I recommend you listen to last week's show. Professor Hader explains all this stuff about where the candidates stand and how they use gobbledygook to hide. The I, of fact. course, listen to last week's show. But you probably not hear your listeners listen to me. Yeah. And yeah. this is this is he's just spewing words that mean nothing. Let's finish up clipping letter one. I know there's some other um, uh, da, 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 da. So, okay, so you talked about the immigration thing and about yeah. the border and stuff yeah. and about the other countries and things. Didn't a lot of that have to do with, like, us, like, kind of, like, overthrowing, like, Honduras and things? Like, we've done a lot of the damage that's caused those people to really come up here, even though it might have been in the 70s and the 80s and that sort of stuff. You yeah, see, I, I think what we got to do is I think we got to increase the number of refugees and actually work internationally to try to solve some of these problems. Okay, thank Thanks. you for your time. I really enjoyed talking to you. Ooh, didn't like that question. Good. Boy, he blew that off. Yeah. All yeah. right. That was letter number A. Now we're going to talk to the Union of Concerned Scientists. Yeah. So this is from a while ago, and I wanted to, I just I threw this in because uh, the, I don't know if your listeners know, the, the, you know, there's that like, uh, what's that called? The doomsday clock, mm -hmm. which is like how close we are to, obviously, Doomsday, and just the other day they they increased it by I think twenty seconds. So it's like oh, it's, the closest you, because it's winter. They said you have to set it. Uh, no, 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 twenty no, seconds no, no, ahead no. during the winter. No, it's daylight no, savings. No, it's, do, no. it's doomsday savings time. No, <laughs> so that that implies we will turn it back. But I had good luck with that. So this is the this is like. We've never been this close to doomsday according to this freaking doomsday clock. So, and that, a lot of that has to do with uh, nuclear weapons, but it also has to do with climate change. So I had this uh, 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 interview with um, um, the Union uh, of uh, Concerned Scientists people. They were at that uh, um, uh, college 2020 thing that was down in Manchester. We heard a bunch of stuff from people from there. Um, so this is an interview, and I thought it would be appropriate to play just because of that uh, doomsday clock moving 26 Seconds okay, and are any of these scientists chicks? Are they chicks? Yeah, are they chicks? Are they chicks? Are they, uh, what? Well, sometimes you refer to women as chicks, and I find that very, very enlightened and woke. You know, I have, uh, to be honest, I do have a hard time, depending on the age, I do sometimes say, maybe I do say chicks too, and I don't... Sometimes I say girl, and I, uh, it's like, I don't know where the age, I don't know, is it, when is it, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where that, 
you know, I'll interview like a high school person. If I say girl, I feel like, ah, I don't know if that's right. I don't know. I don't know where that thing is. But it's okay to call them chicks, right? Did I do that? Mm. In passing? I'm sorry, Ben. I apologize. Maybe you would prefer the other C word that you use when we're not on the air? (laughs) That's so untrue. Now you're... Oh. You before you know what that I'm caught you know what you wanted to do something and, and you said we shouldn't lie to the listeners and now you are so don't say that it's not true I don't say that but you do say don't chicks say maybe I do and I, and I apologize but I don't use the other word and don't imply that I do please. okay but the the point I'm making is because the audience likes you you can get away with that if I say no 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 chicks. no I don't I, I, if I, I, I it depends. You know what? This is the what freaking, you do. I, hang on. You know, you know, gonna, I'll I'm, say it right now. I'll say it right now. That freaking chick who fucking turned me in, I'm pissed at her. Right. Because See? I was there. Okay, yeah, I'm going to punch you that. down, and you have to listen to me. Yes, okay? Sir. You have accrued so much goodwill with the female listeners that when you say but that... You, you told me you have like 10, so what does it matter? Yeah, okay. I'm potting you down because I, I need to finish this thought. You've accrued yeah. so much goodwill with my listeners, especially the women, that when you call them chicks, they find it endearing. And if I were to do that, there'd be letters and protests, and they would want to kick me off the show. That's how manipulative I- you are. I don't know if I believe you. You're manipulative. You play my listeners. I'm and I'm sick of it. I'm so not manipulative. I don't think I'm that at all. I, you are so calculating. Oh, my God. You give me so much. You, you tell me I'm such a simpleton, and then you now you, you can't have it both ways. I can't be both a simpleton and then some calculated freaking long, whatever, what is it, what's it called? Long term, long play, whatever you're it is. street smart. I can't be both. Bacon, you're oh street smart. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And, and I am a, a, a pampered, a feat. I'm so... I'm an intellectual, and I can't compete with no, a guy no, no. who's at home oh in God. the gutter like you. Home in the gutter. You know what? Uh, I, I mentioned the wagon train one time, I think, passed on your show in passing. I can't remember. When I, when I worked on the wagon train as a white suburb, uh, you know, uh, yeah, suburban uh, The wagon guy, train? What are you talking about? Did I mention that before? No. I mentioned the donkeys. Yes, I mentioned the donkeys and the horses or something. You mentioned something about that. I mentioned the donkeys and the horses from the wagon train. In passing. What wagon most train? Of my days, I, I, I mentioned it in passing before, and you didn't care. It's weird, because sometimes I'll mention stuff, and you'll just blow past it, and then other times you'll be very interested. What is the wagon train? Okay, so the wagon train was this, uh, some football player in the... All right, we'll come back to it. I, I can't. I can't. Yeah, this is what I happens. Can't. This is what happens. This is what we do, and then and then we never come back to it. Because you told Klobuchar. You're like you're like Klobuchar. You you, you you didn't tell her. You told me when I was talking with her. You're like Klobuchar. You have lightning in the bottle, and you don't believe it. Feldman, you have lightning in the bottle, and you don't believe it. But anyway, we'll move on. This is okay. So clip two. Let's go. Huh? Yeah, 
I'm down in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, this is David Bacon with the David Feldman Show at a uh, college conference 2020. I guess they do it every four years, and uh, the idea is to get a lot of college students down. It seems like it's a multi-day event. There's going to be a few presidential candidates down here, and they have like a uh, uh, sort of a room with a bunch of tables and stuff with different information, and I came upon the uh, Union of Concerned Scientists, which I know I've heard about, and uh, I think there's a gentleman who will tell me more about it. Yeah, my name is Jeremy. I'm with the Union of Concerned Scientists. Uh, the organization uh, came into existence 50 years ago last year. So, wow. Yeah, so, so 2019 was their 50th anniversary. Right. Uh, and the work that brought the organization into existence was originally um, nuclear proliferation work. Sure. So they were working to sort of eliminate nuclear weapons from the planet. Right. Um, the, the weapons themselves, not like power, just weapons. Yeah, okay. yeah exactly. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it was very much just weapons-oriented. Um, really, the, the idea behind the organization is that they leverage the advocacy work and science that scientists do. So it's very right. much a science-based organization. Um, since the 50s, they have uh, ventured off into other sort of areas of advocacy. So we do a lot of work on the climate crisis, on clean energy. Right, right. Um, uh, sort of modern agriculture and stuff like that. Right. So you're probably happy with uh, Greta running around, always talking about data right, and science and yeah, all that thing. Yeah, absolutely. Although uh, the work that we're doing in New Hampshire is for UCS's global security program. So this is getting back into the nuclear weapons policy issue stuff. Right. Because we still have a nuclear uh, plant uh, well, in... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's the power. Energy. Sorry, it's okay. Weaponry. It's the same. It's the same mistake Deval Patrick made. Oh, really? Uh, when I talked to him, yeah. Oh, well then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's you know, it's easy to kind of conflate the two issues, but they are very separate to us. Uh, right, right, right. You know, UCS supports at a certain level nuclear energy. Right. But you know, weapons that are going to kill hundreds of thousands of people is something that we're sure. advocating against. Right. Okay. So then, like, what uh, what is New Hampshire's role in nuclear weaponry then? Do we have manufacturers or do we have... Well, really what we're trying to do is... just advocacy, get that stuff Yeah, out there? yeah. I mean, so... so we have what what we're calling the Back from the Brink initiative. So it's a it's a five bullet point sort of initiative that we're trying to pursue um, to get policymakers in the United States to adopt these policy stances. Right. So so the first thing that we're really sort of advocating strongly for because there are two active bills, one in the House and one in the Senate. Okay. Um, for the United States to adopt a no first use policy for nuclear weapons. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a so, like I was saying, there's a bill that um, Elizabeth Warren co-authored uh, right. uh, in the Senate. It's a really, it's one sentence. It's the simplest huh. bill in the history of, like, America almost. Right, it right, It literally right. says that it'll be the policy of the United States to never strike first with a nuclear weapon. Excellent. Yeah. And, right, and that's all you need. Right, <laughs> right. And we, we feel that it's a really common sense sort of measure to right. take to make the world safer. And is there bipartisan support on that, do you know? There, in New Hampshire, there is. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we, um, UNH did some polling yep. uh, back in, I believe, March of 2019 right. that found that 73% of uh, New Hampshire citizens support the United States adopting a no-first-use policy. Right. So what we're trying to do is take advantage of the first-in-the-nation primary status in New Hampshire and all of the presidential campaign traffic that we see right. and taking that opportunity to actually interact with candidates, which right. in New Hampshire is called bird dogging. Okay. And um, so we go out and bird dog presidential candidates and try to find out where their stance is on it. Right. And then use sort of public pressure to get them to sway their position if they're not in support of it. Right. You know, it's interesting because I've heard other people mention the same sort of thing. I didn't, I wasn't familiar with the term. I have been to a ton of the uh, candidates 
events. And I have not seen a lot of that mm -hmm. other than there's some elderly people who, uh, it must be the AARP about uh, drug prices and stuff. Yeah. You see them with their red shirts at almost yeah, every yeah, event. Yeah, they're right over there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. But, of course, they're probably... Hey, Bacon? Yes? Uh, I've decided after D.C. Uh -oh. I'm sending you to Wuhan, China. Oh, I would love to go to China. Yeah, uh, Wuhan. I mean... I don't know what I don't know that I don't know the uh, I don't know the location that you're. Oh, I, I I want you to just walk around and just. Uh, you're probably insulting me in some way that I'm not familiar with. I'm sorry. Just, just lick all the handles and poles. You could lick the handles back in the day when they were made of copper, but we've gotten rid of that for some reason because copper is a uh, metal that is uh, anti-microbial. Uh, Okay, we're we're sending you to Wuhan. Back to Remember the how all the freaking handles were all that? Remember all the banisters were copper back in the day, and now no longer. We totally got rid of that. It's insane. But now there's, there's a spray that you uh yeah you know put on your hands. You know when I was in Paris, I couldn't find a men's room. Every bathroom door said Pousset. <laughs> Do you get that? Well, Do you get you that know, bacon? I don't get it because I'm a simple. Pusse means push. Push. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm mistaking the word pusse. That's a great joke. No, I get it. What you're that's that's a good joke. That but I, I don't know how many of your audience know French. That's what you were referring to before. How the people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. It's that's funny. You should go far. Wuhan. That's where you're going next. <laughs> okay, there's something bad about that place, obviously. What? There's something obviously bad about that place, but no, I don't know. I, no, no. I've no. been to Japan, but I've never been to China. Okay. We're sending you to Wuhan. All right. They're retired and yes. have the time, yeah. and no one has to pay them, and they can just go to the stuff, so it makes it easiest for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it does make it difficult for sort of your average working-class citizen to get involved at that level right. of interaction with candidates. Right. I've been fortunate that I'm in a position where I have, between Sam and I, yep. uh, he's my co You know would be really great? Uh, I, I could mention a lot of things right here if you want me to. You should be wearing, like, a... A football helmet during these interviews. Oh, like who's that? Who's that comedian guy who did that? Who had the football helmet on his head? It was like a big dude. Do you remember him? Bob Nelson like in the seventies. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't know his name, but maybe that that sounds correct. Yeah, he used to wear he wore a football helmet for at least one part of his gig, part of his thing. I'm just saying you should show up to these events with a football helmet on and not refer to it. That, that could be your hook. Fly. That's going to imply some sort of like, uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Implies what? No. Patriotism? Like a mental disorder. What? Like a mental disorder. If I'm wearing a football You're helmet, saying people like, who are football fans have a mental disorder? People who are football fans aren't wearing helmets. The people who wear helmets are people who have some brain thing that if they fall down, they'll get but they could die. That's, I not, a, that's not why. That's not. That's. I not. know a kid who has that. All so right. So what, you, what do you? Bring, you have to bring. Don't bring. Come on now. You brought it up. No, I just think it's funny if you wear a football helmet for these interviews. Yeah, hilarious. That's hilarious. No, it why means I, like no. I mean, I could, I could, I could mention a lot of things that people can find. Uh, 
you know, no, you citizen know. bacon, wear a cup, wear some protective padding. It's going to get tough. It's the rough and tumble world of citizen bacon. You have a mouth guard no in yeah, there. No one's going no to get that. That's You're too, asking the tough questions. Removed. It's too removed. No one's getting. No, I'm not. You're, that's too removed. You're, no one's going to get that, Feldman. You're you're making French jokes, and then, and then I forgot to push with that. And I, I, I can't believe I can't believe on my own show, nobody does what I ask them to do. I, I just can't, can't believe, believe this that I get pushback. I'm not wearing a football. First, I don't own a football helmet. I'm going to look like a. I don't want to say the word that I will look like. But you are. You, you are what you're, you're going to look that's like. That's insulting me. No, I'm not insulting you. you. Fuck you. No, hey, I'm not. Hey, it's my, it's hey, my show. Hey. It's my show. Yes. You know what, though? I'm doing this because it's I want to, and it's fun. And hey, I, you know I what? How you, hey, and I think your show's amazing, and I will do it. But if you keep insulting me, fuck off. I'm how done. How dare you talk to your supervisor this way? You're not my supervisor. You're supervisor. No, you're not. Yes, I am. No, you're not. Okay. You're not. Dave. Okay. Dave, you are really trying my patience. Now, you have a beautiful wife. You love it, though. Okay. You, do you have a wife? Answer the answer this question. Do you have a wife? Do you have a home define in New Hampshire? That de you... Define the word wife. Okay. Let me ask you a question. You're in Washington, D.C., right? You asked me a question, and I asked you a question about it, and then you asked me a new question. Are we moving on? Yeah, we're moving on. Wouldn't it be a shame if you're in Washington, D.C. without your credit card, and somehow you couldn't get back to New Hampshire? Oh, wouldn't, that be, wouldn't that be something? I'll tell you a secret. If you want to know. No. To be, you don't know? It's not even no. a secret. Look, I'll tell you something. Honest to God. Honest to God truth about me and my life. I don't want to hear this. When, I don't want to hear. You asked the question. No, okay, I don't, I, no, no, no. You're on assignment, and I don't want this to get personal. I don't want, to, I don't want you to change the dynamic. I don't want to hear that your wife no. is your sister and, and that I have to feel sorry what? for you. I want to keep By, this, re this relationship has to... No, no, no. Superficial. Look, 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 look. Yeah, I, this is so superficial, though. Okay, look. <sighs> am I going to feel sorry for you? Are you? Is this? Am I being? I'm worried now that you're going to tell me something. Okay, look, look. Listen. A long time ago, I was a boy. I was a, I was a Boy Scout, and a long time ago, I was probably uh, fourteen to sixteen, somewhere in that age. And this little Boy Scout kid in my troop, someone stole his money, and I was at Boy Scout camp. And it was like every kid had like 10 bucks for the week to spend at the whatever thing. And this little kid, he was like a tenderfoot, the youngest thing. He's like, oh, he's crying. Someone stole my money. And I'm like, fuck, how can I get this kid's $10 back? It's back in the day. It's like, this is like 1980s, early And was this on a Boy Scout jamboree? Oh, check this out. Hang on for I one second. It's very easy to get 10 bucks. If you're a 14-year-old Boy Scout. If you're, if you're, you don't stop it. No, the Boy Scout should stop it. Anyway, so the kid had no freaking coin. He needed money. I'm like, 
how are we going to do this anyway? I set up a game of chance with a, with a ball. I figured something. I'm like, whatever, I will do this. We'll do that. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. I get his freaking $10 playing, whatever. And then as soon as I gave that money to him, he wanted to keep going. I'm like, no, you got your $10. We didn't get in trouble. We were gambling. It's all good. Goodbye. It's done. And from that day on, I knew I am never worrying about money because I will freaking find a way. So whatever happens to me, if I'm freaking stuck in freaking D.C., I don't give a shit because I will fucking survive. Yes. So move on. Yes. You, Dot com. I, I, yeah, I get I get you. You know what I mean? I, I get you. I, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's so fucking life is easy if you freaking look around and pay attention. And no one is doing that. And I see it every day. No one is fucking in their, no one is present. They're in their phone. They're gone. They're somewhere else. And I look, look around. I'm like, where are you people? I interviewed these. these You're saying the universe is bountiful. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying. Okay. If you're observant. You're the next Oprah. You're you're Uh, Oprah. Okay. All I can hope is that I'm Gail. That's all I can hope is that I'm Gail King. <laughs> That's funny. Oh. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I mean, you know what, though? I mean, because, again, the wagon train, which we're not talking about, I mean, oh, my God, the kid. There was, like, a drug dude who was investing money in the stock market. He grabbed the paper every day. Oh, they were so street smart. Street smart. And I saw my white privilege, and I saw how stupid I was, how unpleasant I was because the street smart people are aware and present in the moment right where you are. And now all I see is everyone is looking at their phone and no one is freaking where they are. They're somewhere else. You're absolutely and that right. is not good. That yeah. is not good. You know what? You said something profound. Nobody's present. Nobody's in the moment. No one's present. No and one is present. You wake up one day and some hick from You're New dead. Hampshire has your podcast. I'm not after you, and you know it. You're a you know it. from New Hampshire. Insult me. And, and, and you're undermining my authority. I'm your supervisor. And I'm going to write you up. I have to write you up. Insult me. I don't care. Throw me pennies. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so that you're amazing. Uh, you're, you're, you're the bomb. You're great. Uh-huh. I, I, whatever. I'm writing you up. It's all good. Let's continue with the concerned cool. scientists. Ollie, awesome. You know, we, Hi, Sam. We've pretty much talked to everybody at this point. Oh, that's what I was just going to yeah. say. Like, you yeah. have, Oh, great. So you, you've at least, uh, you probably have like a fly or something to give them. Well, we, and, or... we, we, we just bird dog them. Right. You know, and okay. then videotape it. So, oh, awesome. Yeah, so, and, and then, then we... you have like a website or something yeah, that you put yeah. stuff on? Well, so um, on uh, the... Union of Concerned Scientists YouTube channel. Right. There's a playlist of every interaction that we've been oh, able to awesome. videotape. Um, so, in some cases, it's either Samurai doing the videoing, and then one of us is, you know, actually having the conversation with the candidate. Right. Um, but we also have put a lot of effort into mobilizing grassroots organization to get other folks out to volunteer and also bird dog. And we've had a pretty decent amount of success mobilizing volunteers. He bird dogs. Do you ever prairie dog? Oh, prairie dogs. That is not your uh, 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 lady from what's it called? Is this you prairie dog person? 
well, Jennifer Vertel, Jer, Jennifer Vertel, Doctor Jennifer Vertelin, or as you would call her, Jenny, because you're on a first name basis. I didn't call her basis. anything. What? I didn't even. I didn't say that. You're on a first name basis with everybody: Amy, Liz, Bernie. <laughs> no, I, I, I met them. I will talk to them the same way. I, uh, oh, people, everything, titles. No, no, we're all again. We're all equal, but we're all different. We all have our own freaking great abilities, and we don't. Uh, we want to compare ourselves. Look again. You will kick my ass on comedy. You will kick my ass on so many things. I'll kick your ass on a few things too. That's all good. That doesn't mean you're better than me. You're just. We're all great. We all have our own abilities. We have to just cherish that. It's my well, show, Bacon. I know. This is my show. Tillman, I know. It's I'm my here for show. you. I'm promoting you every time. I hand out shit with your stuff. I'm it, going, I hand out cards with your name to freaking Rubio. How cool is that? My show, Bacon. My show. Rubio. How cool. How my cool. show. Not the How David cool. Bacon show. My show. Yeah, I mean, like, Terrence and Shell are in peanut butter and sleeping in my car. So, you know. But you know what? This is a great room. Thank okay. you very much. Bird dog. I appreciate it so much. Bird dogging. Yeah, Do you know yes. what prairie dogging means? I'm having a feeling that's some bizarre sexual act. That no, I don't it's from Rat Race. My friend Andy Breckman came up with it. It means <laughs> you have to take a dump and it's coming out. It's called prairie dogging. And you have to take a dump what? I didn't hear it. You have to take a dump what? Andy Breckman, the comedy writer, yes. wrote yep. a movie called Rat Race. And oh. I think it was one of John Lovitz's kids in the movie pl playing John Lovitz's kids said, I ha we have to find a toilet real quickly. I'm prairie dogging. So when he they stand when up on their, guy, on their two legs, huh? They stand up on their two legs. I know that about okay, them. So, it, you know, so, they, they stand up so if this guy keeps saying bird dogging. Yeah. 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 Yeah, who cares? I'm freaking going along with what you're saying. Don't don't criticize me for yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the point I'm I making is I know Andy Breckman. I don't know who that is, so I'm not, I don't, fucking uh, names. Uh, you're the same as everyone. You said it to me, like, oh, get some whatever. Uh, you know I, what? It's I, not I'm, about the freaking names. I know Andy Breckman. I mean, I fucking met Dylan. I know Andy Breckman. I met Dylan. Who? Roof? I met Bob Dylan. Do you want to go names? Fuck you. Oh, you're getting a write-up. I know. That's number two. Yeah, you're I mean, two. Why do that? Why do that? You're Who cares? The You're most important two. people are not freaking people you know. You're number two. The most people, the most important people are not people in the news. The most important people, you've read Howard Zinn's freaking uh, book. I'm sure you know it. You're number two. <laughs> I am shit. You're you know what? Oh my god, the greatest freaking video I showed my kids when, when they were young and I was homeschooling them was a Korean video about poo that falls off the cart and then it becomes a fertilizer for a plant. So you call me shit as much as you want because then I'm fertilizer for something else and you are fertilizer for me. Did you ever read the book right. Everybody Poops? 
No, I have not read that. Well, you know the book, Everybody Poops, right? I don't know it, no. There's a children's book called Everybody Poops. <laughs> yeah, there's a great Korean video about the poo that falls off the cart. Have you seen that? No, but I wrote a sequel to Everybody Poops. <laughs> okay. Let's continue. <laughs> you actually tell me what it's called? What? You actually tell me what it's called? No. Because no. I'm supposed to get it. Am I supposed to infer that then? Is no, that why I'm a simpleton? No, no it's just I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go down into the gutter you, with a gutter you, that's snipe. That's, You're a that's gutter that's, snipe. That, no, that's fine. That's fine. What? What am I? A gutter what? snipe. I don't know what that means. Exactly. Snipe is that, like, fake uh, thing right. you go after. A gutter okay. is we, the can thing. We, can we get back to these? You're in charge of the clips, Dave. Okay, for a guy who's so concerned about the doomsday clock, you, sh you <laughs> sure are wearing it out. You're, you're playing down the doomsday clock. I'm, All right, I'm let's trying get back to help. To this. I'm trying to help. I'm trying, trying to help. help. Yeah, it's my show. Trying Lincoln. to help. It's my show. No, it's denying it. That you. It's my show. My show. No, I'm not denying it. You're denying my it. My show. I'm giving it to you. My Good. show. You actually, though, that one time you did mention it was mine. You said David Dickens on the David Dickens show. Okay. We heard that. That's let's earlier in the show. To, let's get back to your interview. You know, I like when you say Samurai because it almost sounds like Samurai. And that's what you guys are out there, like Samurais, yes, getting all the yes, candidates. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I've seen, and I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I think I've seen, I may be mistaken, but the past where I've seen the Union of uh, Concerned Scientists might have been like a, something that a bunch of scientists like maybe like agreed to, like some statements or documents. Would it have only been the nuclear thing or would it have been other stuff? No, that no I'm I mean, I mean they, they... It's pronounced nuclear. What? Nuclear, not nuclear. Nuclear. It's not nuclear. Oh, my kids make fun of my pronunciation. I'm kidding. Also. You pronounced it right. As an organization, UCS and the scientists that work with UCS are involved in tons of advocacy efforts. Right, right, right. Um, we did. We run a ran a full page ad in five new paper, newspapers in New Hampshire. Okay. Um, it was essentially a sign on letter. Okay. Yes. Um, yes, yes. About having, you know, sort of urging presidential candidates to start talking about nuclear weapons policy on the campaign trail. Right, right, right. Um, you know, because we feel that that y y we all agree, you know, I mean, there's pretty much uniform consensus, at least in the scientific community, that the climate crisis is an existential threat to humanity. Yes, yes. Right? And happening faster and worse than we yeah. even think. But the other existential crisis, and maybe this is even more like apropos now because of what's going on in Iraq and Iran. The assassination that just occurred. Right. You know, and ago. yeah, and, and you know, so it, it 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 raises flags about the collapse of these international arms control treaties. Right. Exactly. You know, like the INF treaty right. Trump pulled out right. of I know. the New I Stark know. Treaty is up for renewal right. in you know a little more than a year. Right. And, and it takes so long to make progress on those things. And right. then so quickly you could just Yeah and they collapse. The right. You know, I mean and then you have because of the assassination you have um, Iran threatening to pull out of the non proliferation treaty. Right, right, right. You know, and, and so 
you know, some of our worst fears are starting to kind of <laughs> unfold before us because we were talking about the threat of collapsing arms control treaties as a result of posturing and, right. you know, all of these other sort of variables and machinations right. that we don't, as advocates, have control over. Right, you know, right, right. Policymakers right, that right, are right. kind of putting these things into motion. Right. Um, you know, so... So we're doing lots of work around this. You know, we, what we're really hoping is is that, you know, we're able to, uh, right up through the primary, mobilize more volunteers to get out and confront presidential candidates and have awesome. these really important conversations with them in the hopes that, you know, one, we're able to sort of elevate awareness around the issue in general, mm-hmm. you know, um, not also for candidates. You know, I mean, sure. because there have right, been right, candidates right. that we've gone and said, hey, you know, there's this no first use bill. Right. Like sitting senators. Right. And they're, they, you know, they're, and they're like, I don't know what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they are spending all their time out on the campaign. It's like, how can they possibly be doing their job yeah, at the same time? Especially true. when they're running back, especially now when it's back and forth between Iowa and New Hampshire and then yeah, down to South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah, and it's, and out, you Nevada. Know, Nevada a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, that's, it makes it difficult. You yeah. know, but when, when there's an active bill in the Senate and you're a sitting senator. Yeah, you got to do you your know, job. I mean, it's maybe right. not the best optics. Yes, of um, course. You know, but so we've run into situations like that. So you know, right. our bird dog efforts in New Hampshire are you know multi sort of pronged. Right. You know, so it's like taking or finding an opportunity to perhaps inform a, the candidate about something that they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, putting the constituents in New Hampshire's thoughts on the map for them. Right. So it's like, you know, I come I come ready with polling numbers. Right, right, you know, right. Say, hey, listen, seventy three percent of New Hampshire citizens support this. Right. Um, you know, and then and then also uh, hoping for media attention around those interactions. Like exactly. for instance we had a a uh, a bird dog interaction with Joe Biden back in June, I think it was. Okay. That was a nationally televised town hall from up north. Like, right. I think it was in Berlin. Okay, sure. Yeah. And um Far and, north. and and one of our UCS folks got a question in on television. Right, right, you know, right. And then, you know, so we asked him about what his position was on no first use. Right. And right. uh, you know, and he told us where he was on that. Which oh, he, awesome. he supports it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, but that was a big media hit for us. Right, exactly. You know? Uh, I, I should also say that we're a five hundred one c three, so none of this is an endorsement of anybody. Of course, um, you know, because we're a nonpartisan right, organization. Right, right. You you have a, 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 a not agenda, but I guess in some way you have an issue that you're you're issued, yes. uh, yeah, issue uh, driven, d- issue driven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's not about the candidates, it's about right? The exactly, issue. exactly. Um, you know, but uh, but in addition to the sort of presidential campaign thing, you know, we're also taking advantage of the fact that. You know, this is a sort of New Hampshire-centric campaign, right? And and there are sitting legislators in our state who we'd also like to move on these issues, right? Exactly. You know, so you exactly. know, we've got two senators that um, are not currently in support of this, so right. we're trying oh, wow. to yeah. organize volunteer efforts to write LTEs and you know use sort of grassroots organizing to perhaps nudge them in the direction that you know we're hoping this right yeah yeah as much as as much as the democrats aren't like supposedly the war party it sometimes seems they're almost as driven by that as the republicans but well i mean there's there's lots of defense contractors in exactly yeah, yeah i mean bae yeah. just set up, BAE is huge just yes. set up camp in manchester so yeah, yeah oh yeah they, yeah 
facility. Right, and they run that, like, with my kids, I used to do, like, the Lego robotics thing, and they, like, their sponsorship is all over it. It would be the head of BA. It would be, of course, because they want the engineers and stuff. And then yeah. I've interviewed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but they're, they're making weapons. Uh, oh, I know, yeah, I know. So, I saw a guy with his jacket at one of the Trump, oh, no, he was outside protesting a Bernie event, maybe? Yeah, I think it was whoever it was. And he was out there with his BA thing, and I came over and I was talking with him because there's a whole lot of those those people. And when I mentioned his BA thing, he's like, oh, I can't confirm or deny that I work for them. It's like, yeah, well, that wasn't a cheap... You know, you could only get that jacket from your company. Yeah, yeah. You're clearly involved in, 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 yeah. in weaponry stuff. Like, yeah. I understand why... there's a reason why you're wearing that, so it's not because you're cold. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're showing up. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much for your time. Yeah, what was your name again? Jeremy Love. Jeremy Love. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I'm well, also, I'm also a board member of New Hampshire Peace Action. Oh, yeah. that's another group. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, I mean, that's the state's largest uh, peace organization. Oh. Membership-based. Right. Awesome. Well, do you want to mention something about that? Or that's good enough. Awesome. We talked long enough. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, Great job. Great job, David Bacon. All right, let's do Pete Buttigieg. Is this hey, Bayer let Pete? Me just, uh, yeah, I want to just uh, – so I saw this same gentleman that we just talked to at this next Pete event, and there were other people from the Union of Concerned Scientists. Now, at that Pete event – Pete was taking questions, but you had to uh, talk to a gentleman outside ahead of time, and he physically wrote the question down that you wanted to give to him. So one of the Union of Concerned Scientists people gave that guy a question. The guy took it, folded it up, and put it in his pocket. And that was not a question that was available for Pete to take at this event that we will next play tape from, just so you know. Are you saying the guy read the question and said it wasn't appropriate for yes. Pete? Yes. That's exactly what I'm saying. This is, and this, is why we, this is why we send you to Washington, D.C. Now, now, I will say, I think at the last Pete event that I saw him at, he actually took live questions which was the first time I ever saw him take live questions. Right, so, of course, the people who take live questions are so much better. Bernie, all live questions. Tulsi, all live questions. Elizabeth, she takes live questions, but it's like some bizarre like uh, uh, number system thing. Um, Biden... Sometimes questions live, sometimes no questions. Dead, um, dead so. questions and dead answers. Let's let's go. Let's let's. Sorry, yeah. I know, I know, we're long, but yeah. See some inaccurate information going up here, so let's dispatch with that real quick. I've taken the fossil fuel pledge, and I am determined to bring about solutions on climate change. Well, that's good enough for me. Thanks for coming. We want the same things. No, we don't. I can't make out your song, but we definitely want the same thing. So these are people heckling Mayor Pete? Yeah. Just stop it for a second. Are we? Yeah. Okay. So look, uh, so this is Pete. He's in Concord. And there's a whole bunch of protesters who, like, they had all these play cards and placards, whatever they're called. Uh, and then they held up a giant banner. They sang a little song. 
And um, so they interrupted him. So I, I just played that part. Then the protesters leave, and I am the first reporter to leave with them. And I get out with them, and then a few minutes later, some more reporters come out. There is an amazing reporter called Paul, and I don't have his last name here. And he comes out, and he talks with them. I talk with them. Some other people talk with them. And then we are going to cut back to the gaggle. And this Paul dude freaking does, and I I compliment him the next time I see him. I'm like, dude, your question was amazing. And he's right. like, I'm just doing my job. But it's like not everyone is doing their job. So he goes out and he talks to the the, the, the protesters. He asks them questions. And then he freaking asks Pete questions that they you know, he like does his gig. Okay, it's amazing. Okay, so that we just have it's all it's all cut up clips. Okay, okay, sorry. We're ready to do what it's actually going to take to come together and solve these problems. that we face as a country. I'll turn on you. Remember, if you care about solving these problems, if you care about fixing the economy, if you care about fixing our climate, we know what we are up against, and it is not each other. We'd better be ready to do it together. This is a matter of national security. This is such claptrap. It is by definition claptrap. We know we know what we're up against, and it's not yeah. each other. It's not no, what we're up against. The- it's who we're up against. The Koch brothers, ExxonMobil, all the people you're taking money from, Mayor Pete. You can't unite and come together with Satan. You got to do some name checks and tell us who you're against. F your unity. He's so, yeah, he's so, he's so, uh, every time he freaking says, oh, I'm the only non-millionaire on the state, you're the, you want to be a millionaire more than anything, fucking Pete. Oh, it's so degrading, so, uh. We don't need to come together. We need to kick people out of the Democratic Party. And we need to convince a lot of people who serve in Washington that they're pieces of shit and they need to retire. And we need to convince a lot of Americans that they're assholes and they should stay home on Election Day because they're too stupid to vote. Let's continue, shall we? Yes. Yes, of course. Let's talk about the values that ought to bring us together. That are being used. Sometimes successfully to try to pit us against you.
Uh, I'm from Rollinsford. No, the organization? The organization is New Hampshire Youth Movement. Hey, we can hang out You don't out have to right go that here. far. We can hang out right here. Yeah, don't go that far. So who paid so, for your signs? Uh, we printed them. New Hampshire Youth Movement paid for the signs. You guys protested Biden. Remember that in McIntyre? What, what other candidates have you gone after? Um, right now, we are really concerned about candidates that have taken money from fossil fuel executives. Mm -hmm. uh, so that includes Joe Biden as well as Pete Buttigieg. Great. Pete Buttigieg uh, hosted a fundraiser in a wine cellar or a wine cave with Craig Hall, uh, who runs a firm that uh, funds fossil fuel infrastructure projects. Uh, as a young person, as you can see, all these young people who are really concerned about climate change and know that our lives are threatened by the climate crisis, we cannot have a president that is taking money from fossil fuel executives. Give me your name and your organization one more time. My name is Griffin Sinclair Wingate, and I work with New Hampshire Youth Movement. Right. And right. You heard him say he's taking the pledge. Is that not? He did take the pledge. And then a few months later, he hosted this fundraiser with Craig Hall, uh, who again uh, has is a billionaire who funds uh, fossil fuel infrastructure projects. So how come your signs aren't identified as being paid for by a particular political group? Because we're not advocating for or against a specific candidate. We're, we're still, it's still a political expenditure. This is not a political uh, act right now. We are advocating for Pete Buttigieg to return the money he has taken from the fossil fuel industry. So you're advocating against Pete Buttigieg. Uh, we're, we are advocating for him to return the money that he has taken from the fossil fuel executives. I Does anyone else have any questions? I spoke to those protesters after they left. They also protested against former Vice President Biden. They acknowledged you signed the pledge, but they said you then had a fundraiser with a guy called Craig Hall, who funds infrastructure for fossil fuels, and they said it was at a wine cave or a wine something. What did it like to give your reaction? Uh, my reaction is that I have uh, a climate policy that's going to get us carbon neutral by the middle of the century and starts on day one with aggressive action. The middle of the century? What's the rush? And this is personal for me. Uh, as the youngest kid. Oh, it's personal. Running for president. I will be personally impacted by America's success or failure in dealing with the climate issue. So uh, I, I respect the issues that, uh, that they're raising. Uh, I share the goal of making sure that we deal with this, and uh, I'm going to do everything in my power uh, to make sure that we can. But one thing we also know is that we're going up against a president who will pull out all of the stops to remain in power and to block any meaningful action on climate change. Hmm. Yeah, it's all Trump's fault. We're going up against a president who's blocking meaningful climate change reform while you're taking money from natural gas yeah. producers and the petroleum lobbyists. Great. Yeah. Piece of shit. I don't Piece of I, uh... shit. It's late in the show. It, 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 and so I'm going to say this. If if you Good. vote for Mayor Pete, get out of the Democratic oh, Party. Just get out of the Democratic fuck Party. Fuck you. Right. Get out. Right. Go be a Republican. I, 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 Grow some balls and be a, be a Republican. Okay, last I, I, one. I, 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 last you one. know what? I'm gonna just wait. I know we're running long, but you know, the last two gaggles I've been in with Pete, I've just stood there and listened, and I. Why don't you get thrown out of one of them? Uh, that will happen, Dave. You represent and, the David Feldman show, and you haven't been thrown hey, out hey, of one? Hey, 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 hey. As soon as I'm thrown out, I'm never going back. So I'm just listening so far. All right. I will be thrown out of the Pete freaking thing because, ugh. But, you know, Pete, people who are listening, you're, 
give him a chance. I'll listen to him. Uh, but fuck him. Right. Okay, yes, go on. Okay, okay. Let's play the so, last. Oh my god. So we're gonna play like part. This is part one of two parts of Bernie dudes. I don't have their names. They're gonna say them. Uh, one dude is like the photography guy for him, and the other dude is like a video. Uh, I'll say his name, and and we missed the best part, but we'll save that for next time. Okay. Hi, this is David Bacon with the David Feldman Show, and it's January 18th, and I'm in Portsmouth, uh, uh, I think it's the 18th or the 19th, uh, New Hampshire, and I, I, and I ran into uh, two gentlemen who I've seen before who are uh, working with the Bernie campaign, I guess, or you guys, if you want to say your name and what your jobs are, that would be wonderful. Yep. Yeah, so uh, my name is Chris Witchy, and I'm the senior field producer for video um, with the campaign. So I just basically chase the senator from state to state and do all of our video and our live streams with oh, my junior so you uh, get to travel producer. all over the place, too. Yeah, yeah. I am, I'm, you know, coming up on 40 states with the senator. It's Holy been cow. wild. I don't think we're going to get to Alaska or Hawaii, which, you know, I right. lament. But yeah, yeah, yeah. we've been all over the place, yeah. Right, and you are? I'm Brian. I'm the campaign photographer, also known as the fly on the wall. Uh, okay. Same thing. I travel everywhere SBS goes, and... Um, we uh we just our jobs are essentially to archive this amazing uh movement this revolution that we're all trying to be a part of right build. so you guys were fans of Bernie before you like became part of his thing or how did that you know I don't how think did well, you fan uh, is the right yeah. word right I, I, for me it's more a, just a supporter a supporter of of the message of what he's trying to his, what he's trying to do the agenda of lifting us all up rather right. than you know having a few people at the top having the the wealth of equality and uh, that's not even the right word to say uh, the the vast majority of wealth, you know, right. sitting at the top. We're trying to make us where there's an even playing ground so the people on the bottom can lift themselves up out of the situation that they're at, knowing that they have a foundation to fall on. Right. It's not so much being a fan of Bernie, it's being a fan of being an, uh, idealistically in line with his policies. Yes. Um, and... Yeah, that's a good way to yeah, put it, too. Yeah, yeah, I, think, yeah. I think inequality really brought me Because it's not it. about him. It's about the message. I, right. You know, which is kind of, I think, what you're saying there. Like, yeah. Well, well yeah. also the way that I think the economics in 2016. I was working abroad, so I was working in South Asia for a few years. I was oh, wow. a bit more removed from the process than I think a lot of people right. were, so I wasn't as familiar with the... I guess the back and forths of last time, but right. I remember really just, you know, in the position of being voting part of the Democrats abroad, feeling I could vote my ideals and vote on this loftier, more sort of uh, message based level. And I really connected with the idea that rampant inequality and growing inequality, especially as someone who was living in a country with vast inequality at the time in, right. in South Asia, I, uh, in India, I, I really connected with the idea oh, that yeah, so many yeah, of our yeah, problems. Yeah. That's what I've heard about people who've gone stems, to India, especially. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that so many other problems, so many ancillary issues came out, out of, of that. Rampant right. inequality. The, exactly. And that's what really brought me into the conversation. Because I might not be uh, as to the left as a senator on a lot of things. And I think yeah. the campaign's fully aware of that. But uh -huh. I see just the way that, you know, we have to address this root cause in order to just stymie, you know, in order to build so many other things from that. Right. So then I guess you guys, if, since you're part of the, the, since it's like a job, too, you must, I think he was at least the first. I don't know if he's the only uh, uh, candidate to have uni have a unionized staff. Yeah. We first were the first in, in history. In history, right. yeah. Yeah. Right, so you guys, you have benefits? I was there during the voting process. So even before we unionized, um, we did have just the best, you know, uh, my, my partner also lives in New York. Uh, she works for a healthcare consultancy company. A right. Great, you know, they have a great healthcare plan. She even then, working this great, you know, New York healthcare job, right. uh, public health, I should say, public healthcare okay. consultancy to expand Medicare, Medicaid. Right. But even with that job, she wanted to jump onto our plan because we had the Platinum, Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Vermont plan right. even before the union. Yeah. Right, right, and right. And now the benefits so are phenomenal. I talked about this earlier in the show, how 
one of the what? undercovered issues is the health care plans and the status of the workers vis-a-vis unions inside the Democratic Party. Yeah, I'm sorry to be, you know, uh, to provide some uh, a tape of uh, something that uh, compliments what you did earlier in the show. Yeah. Bernie was sorry. the first one to I go apologize. union. I apologize. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, Elizabeth Warren went union. Right. In uh, finally signed a contract in late November. It took four months. They formed a union, and then it took four months to ratify the contract in the Warren campaign. It was late November right. that they signed on. So, if she loses in Iowa, they get a, what three months of union benefits. Mayor Pete just ratified a union. And Joe Mm. Biden's campaign says, we like to think that we pay our workers enough that they don't need a union. We're not against unions. Okay, I'm going to suggest this to everyone who listens to the show. And, you know, I do not uh, go to fast food places, but I do uh, sometimes go to uh, Starbucks to get a coffee, but I do bring my own cup. But anyway, if you go to any of those places, you have to say, hey, when you get your thing, when you're making your order, just go, hey, are you part of a union? Right. And and they're not. And so whenever you go to Home Depot, go to Walmart, any, any, uh, your grocery store, every place that you freaking go, just say, hey, hey, how you doing? Whatever you want to small talk. And they'll go, hey, are you part of a union? Start it that way. And then they'll go, oh, no, we're not. And then freaking go, oh, you should be. Just get the conversation started because that's the only way we will make improvement. All right, let's finish this up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and that's had the quality yeah. issue. It really yeah. comes back to that all yeah. the time. But the union has made, I mean, just our sort of basic rights as employees, the job security, the notion that, you know, we're doing such a high-intensity, high-stakes job. Yeah. That provides just, I mean, I could never imagine doing something like this and not being unionized and having the yeah. protections in the back of, like, you know, yeah. like Brian here, you know? Right. Yeah. We, uh... We don't have to uh, really worry about the security of our jobs. We don't have to worry about the security of, uh, of management um, encroaching on our individual... Um, I, I don't even it's know given what us, like, It's given us a lot of liberty to be more creative in right. a way, you know, because you're not operating from a space of fear or negative reasoning. You're mm. like, you know, okay, I know that, you know, maybe a small mistake can be made so we can be bolder and be more innovative. And you see that with Ryan's photos and you see that, I think, with our live streams. We're the right. first campaign to, you know, we're the only, at the moment, Democratic campaign that can really mount a digital challenge to Trump. It, it's not this wrong. is the truth. We are the only campaign right. that can mount a digital challenge in terms of live stream views, continual viewers, the, the amount that we've been able to use it as a fundraising mechanism. Right. If you just look at the numbers, I don't know what they are off the top of my head right now, but our live stream views compared to every other candidate are just colossal. Right. And, wow. yeah. Compared to the actual Democratic debates are comparable. Yeah, I mean, right. It, it, it's it's massive numbers. Yeah. Right, right, right. So, and so, that comes from the freedom of being able to innovate and not, you know, looking over your shoulder all the time, worrying, you know, like, and I, I've heard that about, 
that's something I just heard, not, you know, from us, but from just, like, what people traditionally whisper about, you know, D.C. jobs and stuff like that. Right, right, and right. And I think, you know, not only us, but the other campaigns that have unionized. I know a handful of the other candidates have unionized. That's an enormous benefit, and I'm so glad that's the direction that the party decided to go to this round. Right, yeah. Okay. And, it, and even the, even the messages that Bernie had in, 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 in the last uh, campaign session, those have sort of infiltrated, at least to some degree, although people right. have sort of come permeated. off. Permeated. I would say permeated, not infiltrated. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, yes, yes, yes. It's a better word. I didn't mean it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just busting them out. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to throw me off now. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, 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 you know, as far as, like, the health care and all that stuff goes, and then, but then some people sort of, like, peter off out of it. But the thing that you must also see is that because you see Bernie every day, mm-hmm. I, that he is always on point. The message is the same. It's been the same for all the time. Laser-focused. Laser-focused. Right. Focused. Whereas yeah. I've been up here now doing this, and this is relatively new for me, but now this is like month two or so, but I've seen so much the candidates as they've progressed or whatever the word is as they've gone as time has gone on the message is not always consistent from one thing to the next event or even from one town to the next town based on who the people are socioeconomically whereas bernie's message is the freaking same it's been the same every it, it, freaking it, it time it was pretty funny the other day in the new york times like discussion with the op-ed and the editorial board you know they said what's maybe one of your weaknesses and he goes well you know i've got no tolerance for bullshit yeah, and you yeah, know when people yeah. ask me what he's like when we work with him and i'm sure brian can build on this it's just like you know he's not sitting around slapping your back asking yeah. you know yeah, yeah, yeah. how's this how's this he goes hey how you doing and then it's immediately all right boys how's the uh, right. live stream how are we doing this how right. are we doing? and it's just right, right to business he, and he's just laser focused that's yeah. it yeah after the filing, you know, I was in the room when he did the interviews and stuff. I was way in the back. The place was packed. I was mm-hmm. so happy to be in there. He stood up. It was soon after the heart thing. But mm-hmm. he was like, you know, whereas some of the other candidates, uh, you know, are like lounging in the chair. But mm-hmm. he was ready for business. Right. I'm every, and, you know, it's like, dude, yes. And then he we, went out and did the next thing. And it was well, like, you Brian are has never, to chase him around physically. Yeah. The most. Yeah. I would ask him what that's like. Yeah. Uh, as about. a 33-year-old who, I, I sweat microwaving a burrito. And uh, I can see Bernie's history of being a track runner. I can see his history of being an athlete as a, as a whole. Right, right, Because right. it shows in his in his age as it is now. You know, now, now before the, the heart attack incident, he was... He was firing on all on all on all cylinders, but with a an engine that has a little corrosion in the in the in exactly. The so he's even probably more now. He's got fuel oxygen to gas ratio, and he's just going. He's leveled up. Right. Oh, that's amazing. It's like a Pokemon going from like what a Charizard to Charmander. You know, it's just like you do the opposite. Sorry. Yeah, but you get you get the point though. He's just right. He's a better version of what he's always been. Oh, that's the best version of what we need. Exactly. Great job, Bacon. Hey, let me just admit that I effed up and did not send the clip to the following part of that interview, and that is totally my fault. And I apologize for that, David Soap. Okay, that's another write-up. That's three write-ups you're getting. Uh, you yeah, think, I, I, let me ask you a question, Bacon. You think... Did you just cough? No, I, I, oh, oh. How sick were you for, like, freaking weeks? Wait, uh, excuse me. You were sick for weeks, and oh, oh, sorry, I coughed. But, you know, I was apologizing for freaking... I didn't send the right tape for the second part, and that's my fault. And, and, and still, you want to freaking criticize me on top of that. No, it's, but, it's, you know, you're being manipulative. Okay. You're, you're taking no, the I'm hit. Not. You're, you're showing no, that I'm not. you're building trust. This you is have, a, like, this weird world of freaking things that occur in, in like, 
I don't know whose minds. Maybe not in. Oh, that's right. Okay. Not in simpletons' minds. You okay. know, simpletons don't think the way that you do. Okay. So I don't understand your manipulative thought because no. that's not what I'm doing. You're playing. I'm me. a simpleton. No, no, you're what? playing me. You didn't mean to mention that there was a second part to that interview. But what you chose no, I to, had to because you, I, I messed up. It's my fault. I'm trying to apologize right. to you because all you want to do is criticize me before. So I'm trying to give you something to actually criticize me for. No, no. What's How's your, that bad? I'm potting you down. I'm potting you down. <sighs> and listen to me. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? This is what this is what you're doing. Nobody cares that you forgot to deliver the second part of that interview. You're only bringing that up so that you can play the responsible guy who's willing to say, I made a mistake. Look at you. You don't even let me. I'm pot. You can't. Look. Well, I, I, you're, oh, I, you know what? I wish. I, you know what? This is a great thing. I didn't know that I could do this. I think marriages would last if you could pot Roger. down your partner. Wait, 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 wait. Let me say that again. What I'm saying is, okay, I'm going to pot yeah. you down. Can you hear me pot as I pot down, you down? Wait, oh, look, he keeps talking. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Bacon, can you hear me? Pat me down? Are you saying pat me down? Did, did you did you hear me? What? I don't know. I'm asking you. I'm trying to confirm what you said, okay, so I don't okay. know if I'm Stop talking you. for one second, okay, honey? Okay, honey, stop Did talking. Did you call me honey? Yeah, because I think I figured out. Oh, I think oh, I figured God. out a way to bees. make marriages. There are a lot of problems with the bees. I think I figured out a way to make marriages last, honey. The bees, go ahead. Honey, <laughs> this don't is amazing. Tell me that. This is, you know, I'm. I, this I'm is amazing. To hang up on you. No, no, I'm hang on. To hang hang up, on. up on you. Can you can you hear what I'm saying? I I don't. Did you call me honey? Oh, okay, I, I want you to answer my questions, okay? Okay? Are you there? Don't you understand that joke? Okay, this is this is like... You want me to answer your questions, thus I don't answer. Come on. Okay, I'm going to count backwards from five, and you tell me if Can you, you hear... Can you do that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to count backwards from five. Tell me if you hear the entire thing. Five, four, three, two, one. Do you hear me saying one? Did you hear me say one? I don't know where we're going. Can you just answer the question, honey? Did you hear me say one? Honey, I'm not answering the honey. Did you hear me? So when I pot you down. You criticize me for saying what? There was some term. Oh, I said uh, chicks, maybe. You criticize me for that, for saying chicks, and you're going to call me honey and you expect me to respond to that? Uh, again, you know what? I'm going to... This, this is the it. secret to a marriage. Being able oh, to pot down your partner. Pat down? Pot. pot down? It's called to... potting down. In other words, when I, I have something I want to say, and I don't want you to talk over me. I pot you down, and you are forced to listen to every word. That's how you have a conversation with somebody like you, honey, who is hyper-emotional and can't have an argument that is reasoned. You don't understand reasoned debate. 
Feldman. I'm the most reasonable person you'll ever meet. Okay. Also, would you ever? Uh, we met once. Okay. And you were confused. You were confused. This is the secret to a relationship. See what I just did? I potted you down, and we are not buying a new car. We can't afford a new car. And at the same time, go on this vacation that you're so excited about. And if you want to buy a new car, go get a fucking job. It's either the vacation or a new car. But I don't want to hear about it anymore. You got it? See, I potted you down. You you were forced to listen to me, and now we're not buying a new car. Got it? I think I think you understood. Did she hang up on me? He hung up on me. I lost him. All right, David Bay. <laughs> Let me call him back. Hang on. Bored that I hurt his feelings now. Uh, why is life so hard? I don't want to call. No, I'm not calling him. I'm calling you. Hang on. Sorry, folks. We're calling David Bacon. Are you there? Are you there? David Bacon. Would you like to speak with David Bacon? Why, why am I not getting you? Why is this not? Oh, I potted Hello? you down. That's why. Let me let me get him one second. Please. Oh, hang on! No, Sorry. I didn't hear you. I was I, may I, ask, I kept may I ask you permanently you potted down. I apologize. May I ask who's calling? Okay, I, I potted I you calling? down, and then I was potting up. This 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 is technical stuff. I don't understand these potting terms. Yeah. All right. I, I am in D.C., and I think pot might be legal, okay. but I don't think they have representation. All right. I potted up the wrong thing. Did you read that freaking article about the, like, having D.C. become, like, 70 states or something like that to, like, influence the Supreme Court? Oh, you know why I didn't read the article, David Bacon? Uh, you hung up on me. You know why I didn't read the article? Because you and I are not uh, friends. You work for me. We don't make small talk. I send you out an assignment, and you do your job. Okay? You're way too familiar. You know, you know, you know what? Let me tell you this. Look, I mean, <laughs> you're old school. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I don't know. What are you? How, what, how old are you? 60-something, I bet. What are you, 65? 72. Are you on, are you on, no, 72. you're not 72. No, you're not. I don't believe that. Okay. David Bacon, what is your email? My email is, I think it's called fuckyoudavidfeldman.com. Okay, that's I'm your not fourth sure, write-up. That's your fourth write-up. We got to... Uh, no, 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 no. I got that wrong. It was, I think it's fuckyoudavidfeldman.org. Okay, what is your email? Um, It's... We gave it last time. All right. David Bacon, great job as always. We'll talk to you for Friday's show about... Uh, you're the best. You're the best. No, you're the best. You're the, the best. best. You're the best. No, you are the best. No, you're the best. I'm only representing you. Okay. You don't... I mean, you want to criticize me? I'm for you, man. Okay. Come right. on. Come right. on. Come okay. on. 
Okay, you said a lot of hurtful things today. Some positive things but would you, freaking help you me. You said some hurtful things. Do you know things. how sad? <laughs> do you know how sad it is in Washington D.C. You to said, be fucking four fucking people protesting. You, you Children, said, I need some uplift. I need some uplift. I can't just it just can't be downer. Okay. I need some uplift, man. Okay, you, you said some hurtful things to me, and I really need to process no. it. And my self-esteem. You've only hurt me. All right. Stay on the line, David Bacon. Great job. I heard you had a giant cock. Yes, in my mouth. (laughs) Marco Rubio. Never mind. White teeth. Stay on the line. That's a good joke, by the way. I just came up with a great joke. Not you. No, I did. No, no, the Marco Rubio thing was a cheap shot. No, because you mentioned it in your show before. I never said I have a big cock in my mouth. No, but you mentioned Marco Rubio in Florida, and you and Howie Klein mentioned... Uh, you know, hang on for one second. Oh, I listened to your show, Felton. Yeah. Yeah. I can talk... Oh, I have notes. Never mind. Okay, I said something funny, Bacon, and it was quick. You? Yeah, you said oh. I heard you have a big cock, and I said in my mouth. That's funny. Yeah, uh, that's, that's so original. Obvious. That's an original what, joke. What did I say to that? You you try to top me with a Marco Rubio. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you you're only interested in what you say, comedy writer. But that's bad taste. It's so obvious the joke you made. No Your jokes are often obvious. They're no, I, I made obvious. a joke at my oh, own expense. No, 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 no. no yeah, come after. Ed. All right, can I? Can we end this nightmare of no, a segment? No, we cannot. No, you're paying for me to be in D.C., so you end it when you want. Well, okay. it can be now if you want. I hate you. You're listening to the David Feldman Show. You happy, self-actualized hump. 